Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. How does Indiana State respond here? To think it's going to be Avila with some five-out action. Let him create. Instead, it's Swope from three. Oh, he's got it! And the Sycamores will win their ninth consecutive game to improve to 10-1 on the season. McCullers back in, and he misses a long jump shot. Off the rim, Khalil Ware with a rebound, and Mackenzie Abaco pulls up for a long three. Yes! McCuller throws it into Dickinson, hook shot good. And Kansas has got their first lead of the game. Inbound comes from Malik, it goes to Gabe Cups, he'll force it up the floor. Gabe forces up a long three, it does not go, and that's the contest. And Kansas will walk out of Assembly Hall with a victory. Lawyer, another deep ball, another hit! Fletcher Lawyer making it rain! And the Purdue fans can feel it. Love, get it in, put it up, and that'll do it. For the first time in 23 years, the Purdue Boilermakers have knocked off the number one team in the country. Down goes Arizona. Purdue wins it 92-84 in Indianapolis. Here's an RPO in the pocket. The Colts bring pressure, and they get to him. It's a sack for Grover Stewart. Grover with his first sack of the season. Harris is the back. Trubisky under center. Unbalanced line to the right side. Uh, Quarterback sneak. He lost the ball. It's picked up by Harris, and Harris scurries across the goal line for a touchdown. But do we have a penalty? The ruling on the field is changed for a touchdown. He got it over. Just got it over. Rigoberto Sanchez gets his right foot into it. It's blocked. It's blocked. It's available inside the five. The Steelers jump on it, and they recover it at the one-yard line. Trubisky out of the gun, ball on the right hash. Harris the back to the right side. Trubisky going to throw to the left. In the flat, that's a catch and a touchdown. Another RPO looking left is Minshew. Floats it left side to Moss. Moss the 10. He's at the five, angling for the pylon. we got a flag at the end of the play. It's a horse-collar penalty on the tackle supplied by Michael Walker, the linebacker. And the Colts are on the board. Trubisky rolling to the right, setting up, taking a shot downfield. The ball is fluttering in the air, and it's picked off by the Colts. It's Nick Frost. Minshew in the pocket. Here comes the pressure. Stands in there, throws Got up it. field. Caught. Got There's it. a five. It's a touchdown for the Colts. This time they get in, and it's DJ Montgomery. Trey Sermon, the back left of Gardner Minshew, drops the throw on first down. Over the middle. Got it. it. Caught it, and it's a touchdown. touchdown. Mo Alley Cox. Colts 30. Steelers 13. Excited for the guys, you know, putting in the work, uh, the weekly preparation that they did and then going out and executing it, you know, on Saturday. Another and one for Paul Anthony Towns. He now has 35. The Timberwolves have defeated the Pacers. The final score is the Minnesota Timberwolves 127, Pacers 109. This is an epic trip we've been on. I mean, we've experienced things that no other team has ever experienced. We went through really an epic 24 hours. Oh, 
Great job, Mark Dighton, on this Monday, hanging out with you. You know it's the Wake Up Call right here on The Fan, as always, broadcasting live from the DriveHubler.com studios. KB, a good morning to you. Mark, a good morning to you as well. A fun weekend, a lot of good happening this weekend, a little bit of bad, and we'll talk about everything. No doubt we'll lead off with the Colts, uh, Hoosiers losers, Purdue winners there in Gamebridge over Arizona, and yuck to the Pacers. Not a good weekend for Rick Carlisle and his squad, but a good morning to you. Monday morning, we sit here inching closer to Christmas, fellas. How are we doing? Good Monday morning, Mark Dykton. Yes, terrific there on the opening montage. So, so much to recap from you know one of the busier sports days you're ever going to see here in our state, in our city. And late last night, Andy, um, I think for really the second time in the last few weeks, and large part and due to the Colts winning now, uh, what is it, five of six? Uh, but also due to what's happening in Jacksonville, uh, we wake up on this Monday morning and think there might be multiple pathways into the playoffs for the Indianapolis Colts here in 2023. Jacksonville loses Trevor Lawrence in concussion protocol. So a lot, a lot to get to on that end. Louisville Wedding treated you well? Oh boy, I tell you, it was uh, Saturday sports-wise, Saturday uh, party-wise for your boy here. No doubt it took an entire day Sunday sitting back with the young man, <laughs> with the young boy, with the son and watching some football and not doing anything and just sitting there and recovering. Now yes. are we talking, is it, not to get too personal, but was this the first parenting day uh, treating a hangover potentially? Uh, well, it a was a slight in the, headache. Uh, maybe a slight headache. Okay. Yeah, yeah, maybe just a little bit. So, and he was unhappy for about half the day. Of course, you knew Those that was going to happen. happen. Yeah. You know, he can just yeah. sense perfect your vulnerability. Timing. Perfect there. timing. So, uh, I, I guess sensing vulnererability. I guess that's what the Colts <laughs> did in the second half. <laughs> To the Steelers. How great was on that? Saturday. How I just just for me watching the Steelers just get backup running backs pounded down their throat, and then to watch and I know it's bad for us here, but to watch Mike Vrabel walk in with the bum Phillips cowboy hat and just not be able to protect his rookie quarterback, and then Jacksonville last night, Wolf from Jacksonville. My goodness, you know I've said they were frauds, but they're in serious trouble here. And, and again, I think the Lawrence trouble. concussion protocol is kind of the cherry on top. Injuries really starting to pile up for them. But let's go back to Saturday. You know, Andy, I had a change of heart midweek. I uh, did my Wednesday podcast, went with the Colts, and then when we did the Mm. show Friday morning, um, I went with the Steelers. And really the first quarter that you saw on Saturday is why I picked Pittsburgh. Like, I thought T.J. Watt's presence had the ability to wreck the game. And he obviously did that early on. And to me, what is most impressive from what the Colts did on Saturday was the resolve by your offensive line. You know, Gardner Minshew sacked three times on the first three series of the game. You know, each of those series had a sack. And all of a sudden, everything just kind of flipped, whether you want to point to, I thought Minshew had an outstanding game, by far the best game of his season. He scrambles and extends a play to his right, finds Michael Pittman down the sideline for a 40-yard gain. That's a third down mm-hmm. when you're down 13 to nothing. Nick Cross comes off with a, huge, uh, with a big interception. B- biggest play of his career, On a easily. 50-50 ball to George yep. Pickens, who's kind of known for coming down with those balls. And then outside of that, it was just the bully ball, methodical bulldozing by your offensive line. It didn't matter if it was Tyler Goodson, Trey Sermon, whoever was behind that group. They just absolutely made the Steelers wilt. 
And that was the storyline of that second half. We'll have EJ Speed join us here coming up at 9 o'clock. His strip there on the first play of the uh, second half for uh, Pittsburgh's offense. That really, I think, continued to kind of flip it in the Colts' direction. And then it was just a thorough beatdown. And they continue to take care of business. And whether the business looks ugly, bad, hell, they might see another one coming up on Sunday with where the Falcons are at after their pathetic loss to the Panthers yesterday. It doesn't matter because there are a lot of teams out there that aren't doing it. And the Colts are doing it. Uh, Incredible resolve after 33 unanswered scored against them to then flip that with 30 unanswered to close it out. Uh, And now they sit in pretty nice playoff control. But as I know, I'm going to repeat myself, (laughs) Andy, a lot here over the next week or two. It very well could all come down to Week 18. Like they, they, they should just flex the game now. Yeah, I mean Colts Texans. It, it absolutely Oil just flex it, it now. absolutely could. And I bet Mark Dyke in that six pack of brews, and I was feeling good about the Texans, who were looking pretty pathetic through three quarters <laughs> there in Tennessee. No CJ Stroud though. Yeah, before no CJ Stroud before they before they gave it all away. Well, I tell you, you know, it was one of those things on Saturday, KB, where the Colts had to win. You're like, okay, now it's a good position, but you also had to win because you didn't get a lot of help in front of you this weekend. You got no wild card help. No. On Sunday, but you did get the, you, the, you got the Broncos, and you did get the divisional help and, last night. Yeah, so you now did. all of a sudden, it opens up another avenue. It does. You just had the Browns. It looked like they very well could lose. They didn't. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals and Nick Mullins. They did try everything they could on Saturday to lose, and they did lose. How about so the, the Bengals won again, and the Bills just? I mean, the Bills just discarding the Dallas Cowboys last night. How about the end of the one o'clock hour? So when you had the Bears and the Browns ending and you had the Titans and the Texans ending, I would say for the better part of both of those games, it looked like the Bears would get it done and help out the Colts, and it looked like the Titans would get it done and help out the Colts by beating the the Texans. And all of a sudden, it flipped with Flacco having the fourth quarter of his life, which is saying (laughs) something in his career, and then that wild Titans-Texans game, the seesaw back and forth, uh, it looked like it was going to be a tie, I thought, for a while there. Will Levis gets hurt. Uh, we'll see about the status for him moving forward. And that is such a big game for the Texans to win. Not to get too nerdy into tiebreakers, but it's this time of year. Andy, if Houston would have lost that game, that would have been a AFC South loss on top of just another loss, another conference loss. That would have really helped out the Colts. So, um, again, if you want to crunch some of the playoff numbers, which we have, there's an article up on the website. We'll continue to do it. There is a, I would say, better than decent chance it comes down to Week 18 to a, you beat Houston in your own building, you're in. You lose to Houston in your own building, you're probably on the couch. That That is kind of how it's looking. Even, yes, these two weeks Even matter, with a couple games, we're looking Falcons, forward. Falcons, sure. Raiders don't, I mean, sure. if you win both, you could still lose to Houston and have a coin flip shot, but if you split, or even if you lose both and you beat Houston... You still have an opportunity to to make it. You know, I, I know resiliency has been a word that's been used. And by the way, you mentioned EJ Speed going to be joining us coming up at 9 o'clock. Resiliency for the season, right? I mean, I think that's something this team has more than not. It's why the Cincinnati game really not bothered me. It was just one of those games, KB, where I couldn't believe that they just didn't show up, right? And that was my analysis going into the game on Saturday was that the team team that we saw in Cincinnati is not this team. It's not the we're going to lay down and just get beat up type of team. It doesn't mean they're the best team, but they're not the worst team. And that's kind of what we saw 
against the Bengals. And so I thought they would they were bound they would bounce back, but when it's 13 nothing, <laughs> when it's 13 nothing, right. I'm thinking that's yeah. son of a Kevin Bowen, <laughs> okay? Cuz cuz you picked I mean you picked the Steelers. Right, right. TJ Watt had already by, had two sacks. By the way, we have uh, a University of uh, Indianapolis student Jace here. Uh-huh, and correct. he's in school and and I'm sure Jace has been told always go with your gut when you're filling out a Scantron. And Kevin Bowen, you did not oh, do that. Man. You did not go no, with your gut no. when you First filled out your Scantron. Colts. Uh, I did the thing. I did that two oh, weeks ago, I and know. it bit me in the ass. And yeah. you kind of did uh-huh. it this week. And so, but I'm sitting there. It's thirteen nothing. T.J. Watts wrecking things. We'll get to the Colts special teams because it hasn't been great now a couple games in a row. And you're sitting there thinking, wow, are they going to be bullied in back to back games by back to back NFC or AFC North teams? And then when that switch flipped and that momentum flipped and Minshew started making the plays. I mean, they went back up running backs, 14 straight runs, and got what they wanted. And that offensive line was great. Um, Gardner Minshew was fantastic. The defense was lights out for large parts of that game as well. And you just can't say enough about... Shane Steichen out-coaching Mike Tomlin in that sideline, and uh, Tomlin had absolutely no answers. I mean, the Steelers went from uh, big, bad Pittsburgh Steelers in the first quarter, quarter plus, whatever it was, to looking hopeless, hapless, uh, kind of dead-in-the-water football team. Did they not? They had to look in their eyes. I mean, you go and you bench Trubisky to try to put Mason Rudolph in at the end of the game. I called that, by yeah, the way. Yeah, you did. Good luck with good luck with that. That's going from one bad option uh, to another, and the Colts got there. All the things they did not do in the Cincinnati game, they did. Offensive line, defensive line, Minshew playing a nice game, uh, and we sit here today, and that boy, they really needed that win because a lot of other teams around them won this weekend, and then you get the Jacksonville loss last night, along with the Trevor Lawrence injury. I mean, Lawrence has been beat up this season. I mean, this is, what, four times now we've come in here on a Monday thinking, is he going to play this week? And uh, so he's beat up. The Colts, hey, give them credit. They have put themselves in position now at 8-6 and six to absolutely be in the playoffs, and it's unbelievable. You know, it Andy, is. I-, I was just so impressed by the resolve Saturday down 13 nothing. You know, I mean, when you're down two scores early in the game, and again, Watt has already started to dial it up, and all of a sudden, you know, there's a little bit of like, holy shnikes yeah. here. This is 30 straight points. I mean, this Colts team has not been no. on the ropes like that this season. They have not had a bunch of blowout losses. They haven't had these long losing streaks. That was a time where you kind of could look on the sideline and say, maybe we are a bit of a pretender. And for them to flip that switch, and there's been so I would say several Mondays, Andy, that I've come in here after a Colts win and said they've won in spite of Gardner Minshew. They've overcome lackluster play from their quarterback. There's none of that today. They won because of Gardner Minshew. And his numbers he could have was, been better, by the way. He it, certainly had what <laughs> two, yeah, touchdown, two touchdown dropped. drops, yeah. and you know probably another one in there as well. He was accurate. He took needed and accurate shots down the field as well. I can't recall one turnover-worthy play he had. You know, inevitably in every game, another team drops an interception or you throw a couple risky balls. I can't think of anything that Minshew had. And again, I'll go back to that play on a third and five where it looked like it was going nowhere down 13-0. And he scrambles and buys time and buys time. And right before he throws that ball out of bounds, he tells Michael Pittman, you go long. And he throws it to Pittman for a 40-yard gain. Andy, I'm such a big believer in game flow. 
if you go three and out there, or if you punt there, I should say, all of a sudden, you know, Pittsburgh's got the ball mm-hmm. up two scores, and they are feeling great about themselves. So uh, Minshew, by far, the best game he has had as a Colt. Frankly, one of the better games of his career. Uh, that, coupled with the offensive line, again, timely playmaking from Nick Cross and EJ Speed in particular. Uh, Dio Dangbo continues to really rev it up here in the second half of the season. Uh, Colts are 8-6, and six, and it is cr- it's crowded, uh, but they are in control. And again... A little bit of a pathway, certainly to the AFC South, particularly with Trevor Lawrence now in concussion protocol. So, Jacksonville's in trouble. Ton, uh, at Jacksonville's Tampa, in trouble, man. At Tampa, Carolina, and Tennessee to end the year. Uh, but again, I would say Lawrence in protocol to me is probably the bigger storyline exiting last night. The schedule does look, those last two weeks, a little bit manageable. Uh, but if they lose one and either the Colts or Texans went out, uh, they would win the AFC South. Tons and tons to get to on this Monday morning. The Indiana Pacers have Mm. lost three straight. Friday night was absolutely pathetic in the nation's capital. Tyrese Halliburton dealing with a knee contusion. He is questionable for tonight. That is Paul George and the Clippers starting a East Coast trip, if you will. Uh, Seven straight wins for the Clippers. Uh, And again, we will see about Halliburton's availability for tonight, and as Andy led off with, and you heard in the opening montage, Purdue, once again, darn impressive on a national stage. Uh, boy, there were moments early on, I'm like, gosh, I wish I didn't have to go dual screen for this. I wish I could just kind of be over at Gamebridge Fieldhouse watching Zach Eady, Fletcher Lawyer, and Brain Smith carry the Boilers to another impressive win in Indiana. They uh, such a missed opportunity for Indiana. When you have right? the non-conference that they've had, it's hard to celebrate. Well, first off, it's Indiana shouldn't celebrate moral victories. Let me just start there. But it's hard to walk away from that and be like, improve play. Yeah, Here I, we go. Because I don't get any of that. Yeah, you I'm just with you. don't have the resume no. to do that. You got to win games eventually. Not everything can be a moral victory. Ah, oh, we're playing. We're playing. We're playing better. Especially the Big Ten. The Big yeah, Ten's the not good. For air and the Big Ten's not good this year. And, so much for Indiana. And Purdue's got the overall number one seed already locked up, don't they? Like yeah, already. I mean, what, with who they beat? Who else could four, they beat in the non-con? My four God. Neutral court wins for Purdue over top twelve teams here in the non-conference. Shout out to the Sycamores. I thought about rocking the uh, Larry Legend hat today. Indiana State with another nice win over Ball State to lead off that Indy Classic on Saturday. And Tom Allen reportedly has found a home, so we will share <laughs> that. With you as well. EJ Speed joining us at nine. Tons to get to on this Monday morning. Good Monday morning to you. Thank you for spending it with us. I'm Kevin Bowen. He's Andy Sweeney. Mark Dykton on the ones and twos. You're listening to Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. 93.5107.5 The Fan. The Morning Checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. All right, your morning check down. Reminder, coming up at 9 o'clock, EJ Speed going to join us here on the wake-up call. Let's jump into it. 30-13, that's your final from Saturday late afternoon. Colts over the Steelers. Shane Steichen on his quarterback, Gardner Minshew's great game. Three touchdown performance on Saturday. Statistically, maybe, I don't know, what was he? He had three touchdowns. What was he? 18 to 28, I believe, for 215 or something. Um, yeah, he played really good. I mean, he was uh, concise with his reads, his decisions getting the ball to his hands quick uh, and making plays, you know, and uh, he just operates at a high level and uh, it was awesome to see. 
Yeah, Minshew was fantastic. Again, a QB rating of 123. Had the three touchdowns. Didn't turn the football over. That's what mattered the most. And he had to do so with some guys who we haven't looked at and seen much of this year. Tyler Goodson, Trey Sermon, DJ Montgomery getting his first touchdown. Here's Minshew postgame on the backups. Huge, man. They were, they were huge. And I'm happy for all of them, man. Getting an opportunity in this league is not an easy thing. And they, they made the most of it today. Uh, helped us win. I don't think we went without them. Um, so, I mean, I think that's just a testament to how they work week in, week out. Like, we've been seeing that, you know, in practice on scout team, whatever it is. Like, and we've had a lot of confidence in them. So when it was time to roll, uh, we were all ready for it. You know, what an effort by Shane Second, that coaching staff, Andy, to get those guys ready because you know, in game, losing Moss, losing Michael Pittman, Pittsburgh's down to what? Like, I think it was their fourth or fifth safety inside linebacker wise. They were down to their fourth or fifth inside. It was like the battle of depth. You know, who, who who's can withstand this more? And Shane Sykin kind of said, watch this. You know, offensively, we're decimated. Defensively, you're decimated. Watch this. And they were able to put together again, I think, the finest, easily the finest effort of the season from Gardner Minshew. And offensive line wise, we haven't seen, I think, real kind of trench bullying like that in quite some time. Whether it was Goodson or Sermon, uh, it was consistent run production when you need it the most in icing that game away. Next up for the Colts, the Atlanta Falcons. That is coming up this Sunday. That is one o'clock. The Falcons just lost to the Panthers. Boy, they're a miserable team, are they not? The Falcons are a miserable team. I hate to make it sound like, and I know they've won six games this year, and they're still in the hunt in the NFC South, but having watched them, they are just a sad, sad football team with the way with the way they're able to lose these games, man. It's unbelievable, is it not? Speaking of sad, oh. that's what it was watching the Indiana Pacers. I would say Friday night. Saturday was a game I think you kind of expected them to lose back-to-back. Best team in the Western Conference. You throw no Tyrese Halliburton on top of it. Okay, that's a little bit of an expectation. Friday night, Andy. It's unacceptable. Inexcusable. They yeah. got run by the Wizards. You know, we, we, we talked so much about the Pacers and the Bucks, and the Bucks did more of this. Both those teams Wind a lot after the game on Wednesday night. Again, I blame Milwaukee more for the antics than anything. You see how Milwaukee responded to all of that? They beat the Pistons, another bad team, yeah. by 30. By Giannis 50, has yeah. got his kid sitting on his lap <laughs> with five minutes to go in the game. That's what the Bucks did. Bobby Portis ejected. What does he do? He's got 30 the next night. No, y- Giannis passed Kareem for most rebounds in Bucks history. Did he get that basketball? So the Pacers respond to, to that by losing to the Washington Wizards. First three-game losing streak of the season. They've got a trio of $20 million dudes in that starting lineup. None of them are playing at that level. In particular, Buddy Heald and Bruce Brown right now. Uh, this is a wake-up call week, certainly for the Pacers. It is home to the Clippers tonight. Again, the Clippers have won seven straight. And then they've got a back-to-back coming up Wednesday, Thursday. That'll be Hornets here at Memphis. John Morant expected to make, uh, I think it's his second game back, I believe. Um, so he will play on Thursday. And then the Magic on Saturday. And we saw what the Magic did to the Pacers earlier this season. So uh, it is a look-in-the-mirror week for Rick Carlisle's bump. All right, college basketball from Saturday. Indiana, another missed opportunity. 75-71. Losers at home to Kansas. Indiana now 7-3 on the season. And they really spoiled KB. Trey Galloway's big day, Gosh, 28 he points. He was great. Uh, he was fantastic at times, basically carrying yeah, career the Hoosiers. Game really for him. 
Uh, but they but they lose a chance. Uh, had a lead, had a lead by eight at halftime. Lead in the second half, outscored by twelve, I should say, in the second half. And then on the the positive side, Purdue ninety two eighty four. Going to play some sound later on. Matt Painter, uh, you know, remembering what used to be the Crossroads Classic. We can play a little bit of that. But he was pretty happy after the game. By the way, we talked about this. That over under was like one sixty and a half. Do you remember us mentioning that on Friday and just in passing, thinking, well, they're going to blow right by that, are they not? What are we missing? here with Arizona and Purdue and you saw it 92-84 Purdue now 10 and 1 in the season they beat four top 12 teams on a uh, on a neutral floor go ahead and lock Purdue in as the overall number 1 seed right yeah, and I said it last week Andy and again this is something I think we're going to see more and more of in the coming years Braden Smith is an all-American caliber guard um, I, I thought it was very fitting. Mrs. Edie was rocking the Braden Smith jersey. Oh, I she, saw that. Yeah. She gets it as well. Uh, 26 for him, 27 for Fletcher Lawyer, 22 for Zach Edie as they beat number one. Arizona, again, shout out to the Sycamores of Indiana State, beating Ball State there in the first game over at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Week 15 in the NFL, the Colts didn't really get any wild card help on Sunday, the Browns won a wild one against the Bears. Mark Darnell Mooney, are we really mad at him, Ugh. or are we saying it shouldn't come down to a hail mary? Uh, it shouldn't That's come brutal. down to a hail mary, but also the refs were god awful on the first hail mary at halftime. Justin Fields not only got late hit, but they charged him with an interception, and the ball clearly hit the ground. So the, the refs were bad. He got crushed. He, he was like he three. It was like three I, seconds I was after that wasn't he a late the, hit. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. it was ridiculous. Yeah, so not great, but it was also kind of proof that Matt Eberflus and the staff need to get the heave ho at the end of the season. And then how about in Nashville? The Texans win without C.J. Stroud. Just a wild ending there. Uh, how long was that field goal? Fifty three <laughs> or fifty four? Do you see Case Keenum? I'm built for this. That, boy, Vrabel can't like that. Big bad Vrabel losing to Case Keenum and not able to protect his rookie quarterback all at the same time. The best news yesterday Oof. for the Colts came in the nightcap, though. That was Jacksonville losing to Baltimore. Jacksonville squandered about 19 chances to try and score early in that one. It came back to bite them. And then late in the game, Trevor Lawrence suffers, or he's in concussion protocol, I should say. Uh, he actually played the entire game, but Doug Peterson announced that afterwards. So Andy Sweeney heading into the final three weeks of the season. The Colts' playoff chances just north of 50%. Again, not a lot of wild card help, but now you have this path in the AFC South. We'll explain it a little bit more here, uh, certainly today and, uh, and all week long. Uh, but you have multiple avenues now in the final three weeks of the season. And again, cannot stress enough, how important the Week 18 game Colts and Texans will be to the Colts' playoff chances at Lucas Oil Stadium. As a six-pack up uh, uh, on the line for me and Mark, so how about that? That's mm-hmm. a lot on the line. A lot on. I'm sure the Colts care about such things. Give me one more swoosh. We got big news. Tom Allen, defensive coordinator at Penn State. There Tom. you go. It's a good job. Probably making a mil and a half. Being the defensive coordinator, now, you know you're going to win like not, nine or ten games. He makes the mill and a half on top of the buyout. It's a great. I think so. Yeah. yeah. This is not all of a sudden. I don't take think the buyout, no. which is what fifteen and a half million. No, no, it might this less. Is not it might lessen, lessen that at all. I don't know. It might I, it might lessen it a little bit? We should I reach out to Zach Osterman. Osterman yeah. Reporting saying it does not lessen the buyout again. He oh, did great take for him then. A, a, what was that? A handful of million <laughs> or five million, which obviously is a huge, huge number. Uh, to front load more of that buyout money. But yes, he goes to Penn State. Uh, Manny Diaz, their defensive coordinator, took the Duke job. Uh, I am disappointed to see no Penn State on the schedule next year for Indiana. D- didn't we need a Tom Allen, Kurt Signetti meeting at midfield? Uh, he would 
Well, he wouldn't know all Signetti's secrets. No one knows Signetti's secrets yet. How about Donovan McCauley back to you? Hey, I was surprised by that. That's, Some big-time big programs wanted Signetti. him. I am surprised by him. There you go. There's that NIL money work, and that's how you do it in Bloomington. Let's go. Uh, and also uh, Trent Howland had some nice moments late in the season for Indiana from a running back standpoint. He is back after entering and I think actually committing to Minnesota in the transfer portal. All right, Just assuming, side. by the way, that Tom Allen's first words out of Penn State are going to be. Yeah, does James Franklin let Tom Allen do his pre- and post-game antics? It is a great question. Well, does Penn I, State snap at all? They snap <laughs> the fingers? They Penn do the State, jazz? It hasn't really worked for them in playing Ohio State at all. So, I mean, not that it really worked for Tom Allen, but I guess there are a few moments where at least they were competitive against Ohio State. So, uh, Tom Allen finding a job here in the offseason. All right, on the other side, back to Saturday and the Colts. What a response after getting down 13-0 to the Steelers. We'll talk about offensively, defensively, probably have to sneak in a little Matt Gay talk mm. at some point as well. EJ Speed joining us at 9 o'clock. It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5107.5, The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Yeah, talking about a big weekend here in Indy. A stat to get things going this segment. By the way, EJ Speed will join us coming up at 9 o'clock. Did you happen to see, KB, uh, the stat about yards before contact Saturday with the Colts and Steelers? This, to me, is an amazing stat. And it's not taking away anything that the running backs did at all. It's it's an astonishing number, and it's why I kind of wanted to lead off with the O-line and the response in-game and what they did to kind of bulldoze Pittsburgh. Yeah, 4.15 yards before contact on Saturday for the running backs. And Trey Sermon, Tyler Goodson, especially Goodson, welcome to playing a lot in the uh, end. NFL. We haven't seen too much of Trey Sermon. It's really been third running back, a couple snaps here or there. But again, 4.15 yards before contact. A great job. And I said to you during the break, um, you know, listen, I know Colts fans 
are frustrated with Chris Ballard a lot of the time. I remember, you know, when I uh, when we started this show here, that was one of the main conversation pieces is how can it be year seven and you don't have this and you don't have that and you don't have this? And it was a laundry list of issues. And even if you remember Chris Ballard going into the season, all the Jonathan Taylor stuff, people wanted number 28, right? I mean, that's who everyone, everyone's got jersey of Jonathan Taylor. And that was a big conversation piece, but this season in a game like Saturday where, uh, let's just say it, the line of scrimmage, the defensive line, the offensive line, and then, you know, you're playing a backup quarterback, you're playing uh, essentially two, if not three at times, backup running backs. DJ Montgomery comes in, he has a touchdown, it looks like he can give you a little something. We do need to talk about Michael Pittman's injury. I mean, it's a massive shot that he took, a dirty shot uh, that he took as well from the Steelers, but I mean, Saturday Saturday was a good day for Chris Ballard winning the line of scrimmage and winning with guys that we that haven't played much football for the Colts this season. Well, the best move Ballard made all offseason was hiring Shane Steichen. I mean, that, that that's where you have to start. Uh, and again, a credit to Jim Irsay for allowing Chris Ballard to run the search and to you know kind of do things under uh, you know his watch. And he's going to be extremely thorough and extremely diligent. Interviewed a million candidates and didn't fall into the Irsay trap for Jeff Saturday running it back and. And the hiring of Steichen was exactly what this organization needed on many levels. Uh, quarterback development, you know, I, I would put atop the list. But again, I think Shane has an energy and an intelligence to him that's a nice balance that I think this locker room has gravitated towards. You know, last year, Andy, can you imagine this team in December being down 13 nothing in a game and what would happen to them? Um, so I, I would start there with Ballard. And then to your point about the O-line, I mean, that stat Four yards before contact. That is just, that is an astronomical number. And go back to last week. Zach Moss, 13 carries, six of them for zero or negative yards. So it was such a flip from last week. And if you're Tyler Goodson and you're Trey Sermon, and you're not used to really any consistent NFL run, I believe that was Tyler Goodson's first NFL carry. Sermon's got a little bit more run. Uh, Both these guys obviously played a ton in college. Big Ten fans will certainly... Remember both of their careers, Goodson at Iowa, and Sermon uh, was a third-round pick out of Ohio State. He ran for 330 in the Big Ten title game one year. So they have history, but they don't have history really in the NFL. And if your offensive line can say to both those backs, two very different style running backs, hey, before you need to make like a big decision, we'll give you some 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 clean windows, some you know turf right in front of you. You don't have to do a whole lot of decision making before Gardner Minshew hands you the football. That is such a welcome thing for those two young, inexperienced backs. Um, and when you started to kind of lean on Pittsburgh, man, did you see hands on hips? Did you see guys you know yelling at each other? I mean, that is exactly what you want for a team that was coming off back to back losses to double digit. Uh, lost team. So uh, outstanding by your offensive line, the exact response you needed. And again, a first quarter response because it wasn't pretty those first couple series. You know, Watt has a sack and then they get a sack in the second series and he's got one in the third series. It's like, Oh my God, Gardner Minshew's about to get sacked ten times. Oh, we think we think we're going to come in here Monday and talk about how the Colts were pretenders, right? And that they beat three, four bad teams in the middle of the year. That was absolutely going to be the lead today after the first quarter of play. My biggest storyline, Andy, was Watt wrecking the game. I can't think of a Watt play in the final two and a half quarters. 
Sure. I mean, you can point to the first quarter. You can point to the first couple series. But in the final two and a half quarters, I can't recall one play that he made. Heavy attention towards him. Blake Freeland did a nice job, of course. Uh, That's exactly the recipe that you needed. And it's learning from in-game early mistakes when you did single-team Watt on that first sack and learning from... Uh, you know, obviously some other edge rushers uh, that have wrecked games earlier this season against you. Again, you're down 13 nothing, and like Freeland, he allows a sack and then he jumps the next play. <laughs> like this is not going to be good right, right. in the resilience, uh, the resiliency to bounce back. 14 consecutive runs there in the fourth quarter. Here's Shane Steich in post game talking about the dominance on the ground. It was awesome to see. Um, it just showed um, that we're capable of running the football whenever we want to. Want to, and but you got to do it at a high level and execute. Obviously, uh, that's a big part of it. Do you want to do that every week? Heck yeah, you want to do that every week. Does it work out ever like that every week? No, it doesn't. But uh, obviously, there's a third big, you know, third down run. I think it was third and four or whatever it was that we popped there, um, which was awesome to keep the drive going uh, and just the resilient you know effort by the offensive line. And Andy, when you're dealing with so many skill guys out or your quarterback obviously is a backup, you need to lean on the group that has the most continuity, you know, has certainly many more of the household names, contracts, et cetera, et cetera. Even without Braden Smith, you still have a ton invested into that O-line. Bernard Ryman said something yesterday I thought was pretty funny. He goes, uh, yeah, last week was not fun. (laughs) Basically, exiting Cincinnati, having to watch that film, knowing what they put on film, and then the response that was needed, uh, certainly that group was outstanding. I, I just It's worth, if you're a Colts fan for a second, and honestly, this is what I was thinking as that game was going on. I mean, Shane Steichen, he talked about it there in that clip, KB. 14 straight runs. And so you know what's coming. Like there's, it's one of those things where Steichen has tricked other coaches this season, has he not? He's done some things and you draw up a play, whatever it may be, and the other coach is like, and the other defensive coordinator is like, ah, we got tricked on that one. The second half, in large parts of that fourth quarter, and specifically that drive, and I think it just got him a field goal, right? They threw eventually uh, on that third down, Minshew threw an, in, uh, an incompletion. But that was a lineup, and you know that we're going to run the football at you. We know we're going to run the football right into the teeth of that Pittsburgh uh, Steeler front seven. And let's see what you got. And if you're a Colts fan today, especially how the Bengals game went, especially how the last few years have gone, especially, you know, the beginning of the game where it looked like Pittsburgh and TJ Watt, you mentioned him and they got some good runs. It looked like they were going to be able to to, to bully the Colts a little bit for them to flip that. And to put the Steelers into submission, that's got to feel really damn good, does it not? Tomlin stood over there and didn't have anything. And the Colts made it to where the Steelers were going to have to kind of check themselves. They had just lost to two bad teams, and you knew that had to be in their mind. I mean, the Steelers were a playoff team here. I mean, they they lost to two two-win teams at home, and then they go here uh, to, to Indy 
on Saturday, and it's like that gut check time for the Steelers, and they didn't have it. And they didn't have it from Mitch Trubisky, who wasn't very good. They didn't have it to those lazy wide receivers of theirs who have all the talent in the world but are lazy. George Pickens is a lazy football player. Maybe somewhere, maybe next year, maybe somewhere he'll be able to figure it out because he's got gobs of talent. And then you pulverize them running 14 straight times and you put them, big bad stealer defense, you put them into submission to where... Even at the end of the game, KB, they're having to go to Mason Rudolph. I mean, that's no better than Mitch Trubisky. And, I, you know, listen, they can still rebound. So I guess I'm not putting all the dirt on the grave yet of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I feel like they're done. I feel like they've given up and they've kind of checked out. And they're going to now need to make some changes. Not to Tomlin, but offensive philosophy. And you helped to do that. That's got to feel good if you're a Colts fan well, with what you've been through, right? Don't you feel that? Did you feel that on Saturday? Obviously, think about the history and you know the terrible towels they were waving early on in that one. Um, so for you to kind of send them home like that, and a lot of people have brought up Tomlin taking timeouts late in the game. I don't. I honestly, and maybe I'm wrong on this. I didn't look at it as much of a hey Shane Steichen, watch this. Like I, I, you know, it's a subtle shot at the Colts or whatever you want to interpret it like that. I look at that as Mike Tomlin calling out his own team, saying guys. I'm going to take timeouts, and you've got to keep on defending them. Like I think Tomlin is so fed up with his team right now. I'm totally with you. And the childish acts really on both sides of the football, and he's trying to find guys that are going to be there for these final three weeks of the season. And he was saying to them, hey, if you guys are going to check out, down two scores, less than two minutes to go in a game, I don't care. I'm going to still take some timeouts here late. I, I didn't look at it as, you know, he's saying to the Colts, you know, hey, we're still in this or we're going to extend the game, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's time Tomlin at an absolute loss for what he's got right now with his football team. Uh, obviously, the Zach Moss and Michael Pittman injuries, Andy, those would fall under the, you know, disappointment, you know, negative stuff, however you want to look at it. Uh, Michael Pittman seemed to be in good spirits in the locker room afterwards. Man, he got lit up, man. Uh, one of the more it's vicious scary hits hit. I've seen live. You know, when you slow it down, I'm honestly more worried about like his neck and sternum area. If you really look at it, um, Casey obviously leads with the crown of his helmet, but he doesn't really hit him helmet to helmet. It's more of like shoulder to the, again, kind of that next sternum area when you really, really slow it down. Obviously, the fact that Pittman walked away from that, it's just like the hit in Carolina. I mean, he, I've said it a million times. People are probably tired of it. There is no USC pretty boy in that kid at all. I mean, he is beyond tough. Uh, there's a reason why I think internally the Colts absolutely love him. Um, I, I could not believe that he walked away from that. Again, seemed to be in fine spirits, tweeted after the game, you know, chiming in on social media, et cetera, et cetera. He is in concussion protocol. Every concussion's different. We say it, you know, whenever these things do arise, uh, I guess he gets an extra day. If you want to look at a positive from this week, you know, Saturday to a Sunday game, we'll certainly keep an eye on that. And then Zach Moss, I believe it's the same arm as training camp. Uh, had trouble gripping it there. That's why he did not go back in the game. Now, the one positive is, obviously you watched what Goodson and Sermon could do behind a nice offensive line, 
And Andy, is this the week for Jonathan Taylor? Well, I mean, if he's going to play again this season, this would be it, right? I mean, this would be the time. He'd be, what, three, three and a half five weeks? weeks was kind of yeah. that, you know, realistic timetable. Wednesday's three and a half weeks. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta. And check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Wednesday is three weeks. It's three weeks surgery. Solid. Okay, but so Sunday so- would be three and a half weeks. Um, again, I do feel like that is an opportunity for Taylor to get back. Certainly, he's got to test it out and practice Thursday and Friday this week. Uh, but those obviously two big, big injury items. DJ Montgomery again had some really nice moments, but also you know had a couple big drops. I was gonna say how that do you, you can't how, ignore. How do you feel when you when you finally get into a game and you drop a touchdown? Your DJ Montgomery. <laughs> how about the end of the first <laughs> half? Good there throw too. too. That's I, I think another thing we should mention. Um, it's thirteen seven there at the end of the first half. Pittsburgh has got an easy pitch and catch on a third down right over the middle. Fryermuth is wide open and Trubisky looks like Trubisky and misses him. And all of a sudden, the Colts get the ball back. And backup quarterback, just lose your number one wide out. I forget how much time was left. I want to say it was like 34, 44 seconds. 44, that was it? It was 44 seconds, first and 10, Indy at the 26-yard line. That's where you hit DJ Montgomery. So that is looking like, at best, a field goal and probably you know a, a deep field goal shot for Matt Gay. And they hit Montgomery for that 30-yarder on the very first play, and all of a sudden that drive starts going. They get the pass, in the pass interference penalty. Which is why you throw the ball deep to is, Pierce again, why a, couple you take ca- a couple times a game. Several shots for that Pierce. very play. You make DBs panic, and they did there. And then all of a sudden, Andy, you've gone from 13-7, Pittsburgh maybe tacks on a field goal. At the very least, they run out the clock. To now you've got the lead going into halftime. That sequence there, you know, it might get lost in the 30 straight points. And again, the bulldozing by the Colts offensive line in the second half. But whether it was Minshew extending that third down play to Pittman, Nick Cross taking a 50-50 ball away from George Pickens when, again, Pittsburgh was trying to get it back to two scores. And then that sequence there at the end of the first half, there were so many moments in the second quarter where you just kind of go back and circle those and think, where did this game turn? Before you got to, hey, Pittsburgh, uh, you're into submission right mm-hmm. now. And all the Sermon yeah. and Goodson moments. How did we get to submission? Right, exactly. Those other things in the second quarter, just such, such critical plays. And again, I will say this a lot on this Monday morning. There's been times, Andy, where I've said you've won in spite of Gardner Minshew. You've overcome him. There was none of that on Saturday. He was a major, major, major reason why you won that football game. Easily the best we've seen from Minshew in a Colts uniform. One of the best games of his career on a variety of levels. No matter where you want to slice it. He was accurate. He took shots down the field. He extended when he needed to. And ultimately, he stayed away from the turnover-worthy plays. You had three takeaways. You committed none. And probably the biggest stat to Shane Steichen, two penalties all game long 
while Pittsburgh was getting flagged. Yeah, while you were messing Cincinnati. Cincinnati penalties were were a huge deal. Uh, On the other side, something that shocked me that happened during the game on Saturday, EJ Speed joins us coming up uh, at 9 o'clock as well. Victorious Monday here for the Colts. Don't you think the Colts should just pay Michael Pittman for simply walking off the field? Like, they should just hand him the contract extension just because he got up and walked out? Off the field. Listen, dude, when he got when he, he got off when he got hit and other players immediately take a knee, you think, oh boy. Like I thought he was gonna be taken out. Tomlin on even walked something. on the field right away. Yeah, like may, when may, the visiting yeah. bench kind of reacts like that, that's when you know. Yeah, oh my like God. not a stretcher, but I thought he was not going to walk off. That they were gonna let him ride a cart back to the locker room, unlike they let Trevor Lawrence do it a couple weeks ago in Jacksonville. Uh, so we'll obviously up, update you on that. Again, uh, Shane Sagan said yesterday, Michael Pittman in pretty good spirits, but is in concussion protocol. It will just be a Wednesday walkthrough, Thursday and Friday practice. Still plenty of time for Michael Pittman to progress through that heading into Sunday. All right, we'll continue the Colts conversation coming up 8 o'clock hour. As Andy said, in an hour, EJ Speed joins Yeah, a lot of good coming from the weekend. There's some bad as well, especially with the Pacers and the Hoosiers. We'll dive into that reminder coming up about 8.15 or so. Our goats of the weekend. We'll have our five-word headlines back end of the 9 o'clock hour. Reminder as well, EJ Speed going to be joining us as, I mean, KB, the Colts might have four guys hit double-digit sacks this year. I don't think that would be a crazy stat. We shall see here over the next couple weeks. Colts winners. 30-13 on Saturday. We've talked a lot about that, and I teased it, so let me just throw this out there as something that surprised me or shocked me, and this will be very quick, and then we can move on. You ready for this? The Steelers won the toss and took the ball. (laughs) I thought the ref misspoke, honestly, when he said that. And even even the guys doing the game, Rich Eisen and Kurt Warner, they're like, they go three and out, you know? The the first time Trubisky goes back there, he gets sacked. And they, they go, Kurt Warner's like, why did he take the ball? Why did Mike Tomlin with this offense and this quarter quarterback take the ball? Wait, and I was thinking, what a great... Ben and Le- Le'Veon yeah. Bell and Antonio Brown are out there for a second? <laughs> is that the I, bus I, back there? I literally thought the ref had misspoke. I thought he did, too. I'm like, why is he taking the ball here? You play defense, DJ Watt goes out there and you get a sack and you get that possession in the second half, which it worked out great for the Colts. The Colts scored before halftime. We mentioned that on the other side of the break. Uh, and then we go into halftime. The Steelers come out. They eventually get a fumble. But uh, that is, out of all the things that surprised me, DJ Montgomery, the two running backs, the Steelers laying down like dogs, like a sick dog in the second half. Out of everything, I'm like, why did, why, why did, does he have confidence in Mitch Trubisky and the running game to go down and score a touchdown? Uh, but that that was the beginning uh, to what was a pretty good Saturday there in Lucas Oil for Boy, sure. Just a hell of a response by the Colts. You know, you were sitting there at one point, Andy, and 33 unanswered has been scored against you. You know, if you go back to the second half of the Cincinnati game and the start on Saturday, and, you know, now the questions are arising. These are teams that are in playoff races with you. You have taken an uptick in competition. Now you're losing Zach Moss. Now you're losing Michael Pittman Jr. I mean, what a foreign feeling for this 2023 version of the Colts, for Shane Steichen, uh, I think for much of this coaching staff, certainly with this team, and yet their response there, late first half, we've talked about the plays, whether it was, you know, again, Minshew extending on that third down to Pittman, Nick Cross making easily the best play of his NFL career, a huge sequence there into the first half, DJ Montgomery bouncing back from that drop in the end zone, and then EJ Speed, we'll have him on in less than an hour, that strip of Najee Harris to start the third quarter, that I think put the Colts kind of in full control, and they they could play bully ball 
from there. Just what a difference a year makes. You know, this Monday, Andy, last year, we are talking about miserable. the greatest miserable. collapse in NFL history yeah. uh, in blowing that to the Minnesota Vikings. And, you know, imagining, you know, that team down 13 nothing in December versus this team, it's just a total 180. And Shane Steichen is on any Coach of the Year ballot. He is high up on any Coach of the Year ballot. Uh, probably those in Cleveland would make a very strong argument for Kevin Stefanski, and there's a lot of reasons why. You know, certainly D'Amico Ryan's, probably Dan Campbell as well. Uh, but again, there is no debating that Shane Steichen uh, should be on that and what a brilliant first season he's had here. I think Stefanski, Ryan, uh, D'Amico Ryans, and Shane Steichen are your three, are they not? And if, you, if you made me choose coach of the year right now, that's where I would go, would be to one of those three guys. Maybe Campbell, they haven't played as well lately. I mean, I guess you could always say, well, you go with Harbaugh or you go with a team that's won a lot of right, games. Right. Mike McDaniel's on that list. But uh, to me, I'd I mean, probably the Texans, go Stefanski if you were going to yeah. make me pick. Again, four wins with four different quarterbacks. I mean, that's. Well, Flacco looks great out that there. That is insane. He's slinging it, he's slinging it all um, over the place. I saw a stat yesterday. They have 26% of their cap space on injured reserve. Uh, six of their nine wins against teams above 500. That's the most in the NFL. I mean, so they're beating great teams, good teams. Everyone to label it. Again, they've been decimated by injuries. Uh, again, I think Shane, it, like, this is nothing to despair of Shane Sykin. There's 32 coaches out there. Again, I think Shane has been right up there with Stefanski, and Colts fans should be absolutely thrilled uh, with it. Uh, and boy, that's just, again, that response, Andy. Like, that was a that was a teetering moment in this season, and such a critical game from a conference standpoint, from a head-to-head standpoint. You look at the standings, and, I mean, it's still just a coin flip for the Colts to make the playoffs. If that's a loss, oh, it's they, they still they worth a 25% chance. Yeah. And so, to get that win, to do it in the fashion that they did, um, Damn impressive. Really. They did show early on in the game. Now, I know you were there, so I don't know how much you went back and saw the broadcast, but they did. And Mark, you can probably attest to this. They were early on. It was 13-0. There were a lot of grown men with the Bumblebee uh, Ben Roethlisberger jerseys oh. on and the terrible towel. There were a lot of those. And then they kept showing sad Colts fan. And it was usually like a woman. Like They kept they showed sad Colts woman shaking her head in disgust when it was, when it was I'll be honest, early on and, and then grown men that looked like the bumblebee in like the 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 blind melon yeah, video. KB, they had so many bumblebee jerseys in Why? that crowd Why of Lucas Hall. I, I, have, I have absolutely stink. no idea. Those are the, one of the worst jerseys no, in they, sports. No, they are the worst jersey in sports, bar none. Um, the uh, early parts of that game, I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> I wish I was over at Gamebridge. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm uh, going no. dual screen. Purdue, Purdue and Arizona, you know, I can pretty much get to like what? Probably 13, 12 minute mark of the first yeah. half before the Colts game starts. So, was concentrating on that. I'm like, this looks incredible over there. <laughs> High scoring, fun. Purdue looks great, blah, blah, blah. Tell them to clear the All way. That. Clear traffic. Kevin Bowen needs to get yeah, over here. Trying he needs to, to get over to Gamebridge. Think about like a slide over there. Uh, it, lo- it looked like a great atmosphere inside of Gamebridge Fieldhouse. And again, for the, and insert your joke here about March, but there's no debating this for the, you know, what, probably third year in a row, the best non-conference resume belongs to the Purdue Boilermakers. I know it's crazy, but I just feel like they've already, like, they're going to win a bunch of games in the Big Ten. They're going to win the Big Ten unless something happens here. Multiple injuries, bad play. I just can't see it happening. So they're going to win the Big Ten. They'll do something in the Big Ten tournament, and what they've done in the non-con is by far the best resume. Like, they're the overall number one seed, are they not? Like Which I, would mean a path, a likely path of Gamebridge Fieldhouse again, which 
Look at how well Purdue just played offensively in that arena. You don't think you want to be back there? Yeah, sure. For the first two rounds sure. of the tournament? You don't think Braden Smith I, and Fletcher I, Lawyer I think have those played guard, a lot yeah, of games? I think those guards like it. In that building? Uh, I would think that would be well served for Purdue. And then the Midwest region, you would slide up, I guess, over to I-69. And North, uh, Detroit would be your regional Beautiful there. Detroit. So from a driving standpoint for the Purdue faithful, uh, right now you're on a path from Indy and Detroit. I, I, I said this earlier, Andy, um, as well as Indiana played, as well as Trey Galloway played, you just aren't in the business to celebrate moral victories considering your non-conversation. These opportunities do not grow on trees. In your own building, Unquestionably one of the best teams in the nation. With that crowd. With that crowd, et cetera, et cetera. Galloway playing the way he played. The Big Ten does not have those pop up everywhere, especially not this year. I mean, you'll obviously get one with Purdue, but they don't have many of those. And to not be able to finish that one, it's hard for me to sit here on this Monday morning and say, first off, it's Indiana, so celebrating moral victories, uh, no. But more so, it's not like they have enough. They didn't win in Atlanta against Auburn, and so they have a little bit of a non-conference resume to show for. They didn't beat UConn. Like, there's just nothing. They they don't have a sniff of an NCAA tournament win in the non-conference schedule, and when the Big Ten right now looks like how it is, there is just so little margin for error for Indiana as they enter the Big Ten, and we've seen it before. I think we fall into the history of college basketball trap of, yeah, if you win double-digit games in your conference, you're going to be good. There's many cases of teams recently that have won double-digit games in a power conference, and yet when the non-conference resume looks like it it has for Indiana, uh, that's a questionable team come Selection Sunday. Yeah, and they may not have uh, another tournament team. They definitely don't have another top 25 team until they play Purdue on the 16th of January. Listen, I'm... I hate to be just so down on Indiana, but I'm just down on Indiana. I I don't view it as any sort of a moral victory on Saturday. I view it as you had an opportunity to get a big win. You had an opportunity to put a great win on your resume that's going to be a great win all year with Kansas, and you didn't do it. And, like, there's a couple things. Number one. Until the very, very end, I mean, it wasn't like Kansas was bombing in a bunch of threes, right? They both made six threes in the game. The reason I bring that up, that's been such a talking point. Indiana can't guard the three. They can't make the three. I mean, that really wasn't... And we said uh, on Friday, this could be a good matchup because Kansas is a little bit more front court oriented. They're not a great uh, shooting team from there. They made them at the end. And then the other thing, and Indiana fans know this, I haven't heard too much of a... Of an excuse over this. I know Mike DeCourcy gave us a little bit of one last week. Xavier Johnson is a fine player. But Xavier Johnson does not cure the ills of this Indiana basketball team. I, I just I don't feel that way. I, again, I feel like he is a needed player. He is a nice player. It is unfortunate that he's out. But I don't view him as well. How woe is me? How do we win a game without Xavier Johnson? He's not that type of player. And so Indiana fans, I'm telling you, KB, IU fans. I mean, you're, we're a couple weeks away. If they lose, you know, and then, I mean, they got, a, you know, a Rutgers and a Minnesota and a Moorhead State. And, I mean, they have, you know, very winnable games, especially the next three games. And Ohio State is popping up here uh, in a couple weeks. 
I mean, we are we're like one loss away here to an inferior opponent from Indiana fans being angry at the way this season's playing out. That's my read of the situation. Uh, no action for Purdue until Thursday uh, with Jacksonville. Again, this is this is kind of your final cupcake week of the season. Indiana will go Moorhead State tomorrow at six thirty. Butler will begin Big East play. It'll be Ed Cooley and Georgetown in the building tomorrow. Thad Mata going to join us uh, tomorrow at 9 ahead of the Big uh, Big East uh, opener for the Bulldogs. And we will give away a four-pack of tickets to Hinkle today and tomorrow for Butler's first half. That's a 6.30 tip, by the way, tomorrow over at Hinkle. Let me ask you this. And again, EJ Speed going to join us uh, coming up in about well, about 45 minutes. We'll get to our goats of the week here in a minute. I just wanted to touch on this. It needs to be brought up. Uh, special teams play early on. Not good again for the Colts. You look at not what good happened. Is putting it lightly. Yeah, by the way. I mean, this is now Cincinnati. It wasn't good. And what's crazy about it, leading up those few games, We've been talking how great the special teams had been. Matt Gay, you're blocking kicks. It really felt like special teams was positive. And what happened on Saturday? You've seen McKenzie kind of benched. Uh, you know, Josh Downs now returning punts. And I thought he did a fine job. He kind of almost broke one uh, earlier on in the game. He was frustrated. Uh, but you have the blocked punt against you. And now you have Matt Gay, who is making just 78% of his kicks. He's 26 of 33, and that's his worst rate since his rookie season. Uh, and so Matt Gay has went from Mr. Dependable, won you the Ravens game, a guy that we've talked about this. You get to 55, 56 yards, you feel like you can play for that because he can make those, uh, you know, three of six the last two games. I don't know. How worried are you? I guess I, I I guess I'll say I don't feel the same about Matt Gay as I did maybe a month and a half ago. That's kind yeah. of where I am, but you still got to trot him out there. You still got to do it. Yeah, I mean, you're not cutting him. No. no well, I mean, but, I guess I mean more like can you play for a 55-yard field goal? Now, right. is I that guess something you feel comfortable about? Slam dunk uh is probably a fair way to put it. Boy, that, I mean, he he just shanked that one from 56 early in the game. That was Vanderjack the other way, uh, fittingly <laughs> against Pittsburgh. And at that point, Andy, I, I noted, okay, his three misses in a row now, all three of those to the left. And then he kicks the extra point. I think it was his next kick. That thing barely went in yeah. inside the left upright. Now, his miss there in the fourth quarter off the right upright. So now I'm thinking, oh boy, is he in his head a little He's bit? He's overcompensating. You sure know? he is. Well, I mean, it's natural to do that. When he made by the, the 42 way. yarder with less than a minute to go, everyone had probably checked out of the game at that point. Did he need that? I mean, you, do, I mean, that is a guy that simply, you talk about a slump buster. Mm-hmm. He was at the bar at 3 a.m. just <laughs> praying someone would go home with him. And luckily he was able to find that. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that for a BYU Utah product. But, anyways, um, <laughs> you know, I asked Shane Second yesterday. Mental or physical? Shane, I don't have a great answer for that. And I bring up the mental part, Andy, and, you know, the Tennessee game. The game gets over. What's Matt Gain doing personal life-wise? Boom, straight to Utah for the birth of his kid. Uh, I believe third kid, daughter. And so, I mean, that you know, obviously it's a crazy hectic time for him personal life-wise. Now, he was back in Indy in time for practice all the week leading into Cincinnati. Again, I, I didn't think being there, I didn't think it was overly windy in Cincinnati, for a chilly no, day. It wasn't. Evan no, McPherson wasn't. clearly kicked it pretty well there. And then obviously there's no win inside of Lucas Oil Stadium with the roof closed on Saturday. So um Do you think he's not on the injury report? I bring up physical though, 
boy, a couple of the kickoffs, I'm like, wait a minute. What was that? He was, just doesn't look like himself. I mean, and the, the special teams just like hasn't a been line good. Drive that never bounced. I'm like, were they trying to squib it there? Uh, and then they did squib it on the kickoff from the 50 yard line. They had a net kickoff, which I know this is kind of a nerdy stat. They had a net kickoff, I think, of 14 yards. I mean, watch a kickoff. Usually, you net at what 40 yards, 50 yards, even if you get a touchback. Uh, they only advanced at 14 yards on one of those kickoffs there. So um, that is one where you know Matt Gay had created. Fourth down is go get a beer. The fourth down is no longer go get a beer. This is a little bit of, hey, you got to sit and, and watch. Make sure that that ball is going through the uprights. Again, a huge punt coverage bust early in the game. That was such an easy block for Pittsburgh. So I do think you're in a little bit of a keep an eye on it. And, and I think you described it pretty well, Andy. You know, Relying on him north of 50 is just not a guarantee. Now, they will kick indoors. You know, each of the last three games in Atlanta, and then you know back here at Lucas Oil for the final two, and who knows? You know, maybe you know personal life settled down a little bit. I I don't. Yeah, know. I just think it's Matt Gay. It's allowing. I mean, you saw you've had to bench your punt returner, okay, and that tells me that you know the fumble or the running into McKenzie wasn't all on who 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 was it speed? It wasn't EJ yeah, Amir speed. speed. Amir huh? Speed who did that? Uh, I don't know. I, I just you look at it and then you know you score and then you allow a return like a return like a 30, 40 yard return. Like the special teams just hasn't been crisp. I wanted to ask you this before we get to our goats. There's two minutes and twelve seconds. It's a fourth and one at the Pittsburgh twenty five. They kick the field goal there. I was surprised up two touchdowns that Steichen kicked the field goal. Oh, don't you and, want to and, go to and, three scores and just well, finish, finish the well, game? Well, I thought, I thought the way they were running the football, they would just go just to keep the football. I think he wanted to give Matt Gay a little work there, and then he misses the kick. They come back, and he gets them another right. opportunity to make that field goal. That's my read of the situation. Just because anytime you're at fourth and one, I feel like Shane Sykin's going for well, especially it, especially up two touchdowns. And especially what your O-line, how they had been, you know, dominating. Again, bulldozing yeah, dominating. Pittsburgh throughout that second half and the fourth quarter there. Yeah, I, I, I looked at it more of just, you know, probably stretch it to three scores, and then the game is officially officially over at that point. Uh, but, you know, again, it is something to keep an eye on as the Colts move into week 16. All right, uh, EJ Speed going to join us in 40. Before we get to a morning check down, uh, let's go ahead and do our GOATs from the weekend. You guys are changing it on me. Hold on a second. Now I got to get the open area. Who is the GOAT? I told you all that I was the greatest of all time. Jordan, here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! That's what I'm talking about! That's why he's here, That's why he's the GOAT! The GOAT! Or GOAT. This guy sucks. Of the week. Shout out to the legend, Kyle Klein. He goes, I needed that slump buster to hit for the over. I forgot that the Matt Gay field goal there was for the over on that one. It always to matters 13. to somebody. That was a 43-point total. It ended at 42 and a half. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 
Gosh, does Vegas know all? Vegas knows. I tell you, one they didn't know was the Panthers and Falcons. That under was glistening from the minute well, it started. How about the weather? Oh, now? it looked oh, brutal. Attendance, empty just stadium, miserable. Just an absolute miserable football game. All right, who wants to? Lead? You want to lead us off, KB? Who's your big goat of the weekend? My who big do you love? goat of the weekend is the toughness of one Michael Pittman Jr. That was one of the more vicious hits. I've ever seen. And for him to have gotten up from the one in Carolina was one thing. For him to have gotten up from that on Saturday. And not only get up, Andy, but like, dude just walks off the field. You know, he's in good spirits post game. Like, uh, it is incredible. Uh, at a position that I think has a lot of diva, just look at the Pittsburgh wideout group. Mm-hmm. There's no diva whatsoever in Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, are there flaws in his game that are keeping him from being a top five, top ten wideout? Sure. Unquestionably, he should be paid, in my opinion. He's consistent. He's reliable. He's durable as hell. He's tough as hell. You Guys feed off of that. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr., that that toughness is my go to the weekend. All right, my go to the weekend, my big goat is the New Orleans Saints. Thank you for ending the Tommy DeVito 15 minutes of fame. Is the agent with, still with the, oh, you know, the wearing agent, stupid stuff? Oh, the agent was wearing all green on the sideline. You know, Selfies. Uh, DeVito almost got knocked out, by the way, in the game. He averaged five yards per completion, just a buck 77, had a QBR of 14. Uh, the Saints won. They needed to win 24-7. And that was never a game. So thank you for ending the 15 minutes of fame. And can Tommy DeVito be a starting quarterback in the NFL? The answer is no. Okay. Well, I don't know. As a Giants fan, I assume that would be your bad. But, you know. Whatever, that's okay. That's okay. You like no, the it's, it's it's good. No, it's good. The Saints put an end to it. He, he they wants, were mocking him. He wants the entertaining it was a losses. Exactly. He wants the position. Exactly. Well, he ain't getting any of the top two Aren't quarterbacks. Are you there, Mark? Now. Aren't you happy about the Bears' result yesterday? Not really, because you have the Panthers' pick as well, and all that stuff. So that takes a little bit of the salt out of the wounds. Anyway, my good. I could go the whole Saturday slate, which was glorious. I could go Montez Sweat being paid every cent that he's oh, worth yeah. right oh, now. He's, but he's I'm going to go with Baker Mayfield. The first visiting quarterback ever to have a perfect quarterback rating at Lambeau Field, 22 of 28, <laughs> for 381 yards and four touchdowns in a 34 to 20 win over the Green Bay Packers. That really, that really helped me get over my. I'm my sure it Bears did. Loss. Packers suck. That was glorious. He was great. Mayfield was fantastic in that game. Now they've got to be viewed as the favorite to win the NFC South. I mean, somebody's got to win so. it, right? Yeah. I don't think it's the Falcons anymore. Maybe the Saints, but I think it's Bucks or Saints at this point. Yeah, the Bucks right now at seven and seven. They lead, and like you said, uh, the Saints seven and seven. Uh, Atlanta six and eight. So the Colts on on Saturday or on Sunday will be able to put Atlanta out of their misery. It's exactly what they need to do. All right, it what's funny. our small goal? I was goat? reading a uh, Falcon story from yesterday's game, and the headline said something to the effect of "Coach and quarterback future in question <laughs> yeah. after awful loss." I'm thinking, has this not been the headline for like the last seven straight Colts opponents? I mean, basically. Like, literally, coach and quarterback questions. Uh, I guess not Cincinnati, but uh, you go quarterback. Pittsburgh, Tennessee, New England, Carolina, and now Atlanta. I mean, and Atlanta had everything the Raiders to play have for. Quarterback and, you know, head coach questions next week as well. Uh, yeah, Atlanta had everything to play for. Just an awful loss by them. All right, lowercase goat of the weekend. I've got issues with bowl opt outs, okay? Um, <laughs> okay. I need NIL deals to now include the bowl games. Okay, so who's bothered you? 
It's the constant barrage of like you listen to these bowl matchups and you're like, oh wow, Ole Miss, Penn State. Oh yeah, you know whatever. Terrible. Is it Georgia, Florida State? Yeah. You know, I mean, some of these on paper, these are great matchups, and yet it's like, oh, little did you know that this team has had seven opt outs or eight opt outs. And I I get there's a multitude of reasons for it: transfer portal, NIL, NFL draft, etc., coaching changes, all of that. I think we've got to get to a point where these don't become glorified spring games because that's what they are. If you look at Notre Dame's group, they're going to throw out there in the Sun Bowl, especially offensively. It is a spring practice for Notre Dame. Well, you're starting running back, what offensive lineman like and quarterback, not even playing. Yeah, yeah. and no, I'm with you. So I, I would like to see an agreement with if you're signing this, and I say this in quotes, name image likeness because Lord knows it's not name image likeness. It's pay for play. Okay, well that, that means you play in the bowl game. As well, uh, I don't know legally how we do it. There's people smarter than me that hopefully can figure that out. Uh, but I hate the bowl. I love the bowl season. I hate the offense. You know, like transfer portal became. You know, a couple years ago, the transfer portal and NIL. There would be people KB that would stand on their pulpit and they would say, "I don't enjoy the sport because of name, image, and likeness." And the players are now being paid, and we know about it and everything else. And I, you know, I'm I'm upset. I I, I don't enjoy the games and I don't as much. Sound like no, that guy, but it has impacted well, bowl season. Th- I, I agree. No, that's what I was gonna say. I have never been that guy. I've not been that guy with the portal. I haven't been that guy with NIL, but I am that guy with the Bulls. I don't care about bowl season. And I know you can say, well, Andy, they don't matter until the college football playoff. Agreed. But they also have sold it to us that they do matter. Guys get paid. Coaches get paid more. We go back to it and say, wow, so-and-so won the Rose Bowl or the Gator Bowl or the Holiday Bowl or the Duke's Mayo Bowl, whatever it may be. Ah, someone won three straight bowl games. I mean, you know, Tom Allen didn't win a bowl game. Indiana hasn't won a bowl game since, what, it's like the 60s? Like, these are things. These are stats that we still... It hasn't been that long. No, it hasn't been, yeah, but, you know, whatever. Uh, That that are still brought up. Listen, I'm totally with you. It's affected... Uh, it's affected the way I view these bowl games. I didn't watch a bowl game over the weekend. I'm not sure which bowl game I even will watch. I'll give you my. You ready for my go to the weekend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Tennessee, the Tennessee Titans. The you, Tennessee Titans. You do hate Vrabel. I, I just, I, I just, they, they. You didn't like Vrabel, his cowboy hat. Vrabel is just okay. So the Titans do the, and it's funny. I get it. The Titans troll the Houston Texans with the Oiler jerseys. And Vrabel's got the bum Phillips hat. And then they go out there and they get beat by Devin Singletary, Noah Brown, and Case Keenum. That's exactly what the Tennessee uh, Titans. Hey, the uh, big some mayo bad, and the coffee's needed yeah, for that the, injury the, the, for Will the, the, big, the big bad Tennessee Titans who are going to push people around lost to Case Keenum, Devin Singletary, and Noah Brown on Sunday. And, I, and, and then on top of it, they can't protect... Their their rookie quarterback in Will Levis, who has just got absolutely pounded, and then when he doesn't get sacked, he runs it and gets hit again, and he's injured, and that was a nasty injury. Uh, he's lucky he didn't leave in a cart. How bad that was! So lowercase goat, it's got to be the Titans. Plus, they didn't help at all the Colts out by beating the Texans. My lowercase ca- my lowercase goat to so that game and Ugh. the Bears and Browns, I know. unbelievable. My lowercase goat is the uh, late window slate. Those games all stunk. Specifically the the Cowboys and Bills because the Cowboys just got rolled in the Buffalo rain. And I know, oh well, you know it was raining. I'm like, well, B- Buffalo played in the same the same weather and they were fine. Settle down. All right, sorry, Jerry, but I'm just saying the Cowboys stink. They look a little bit like maybe they're turning in the Cowboys of old. We have flipped the calendar to December and maybe they're turning into a pumpkin a little later than normal, but. The Cowboys did not look very good at all, and their 
Well, their final three are are pretty brutal. Let me give you a stat. Yeah, they got real Dolphins, quick. right, coming up. Yeah, they do. Let me give you a stat. Dallas is the first road team in over ten years to allow eighty-five net yards passing or fewer and lose by twenty points or more. The Cowboys. <laughs> Josh had, Allen had seven completions, right? He was seven, seven to fifteen. The Cow- exactly right. The Cowboys' final three games are at Dolphins, home against the Lions. And then at Commanders. And, and now, the thing is, it doesn't really matter. They've already clinched the playoff spot, but basically now the NFC East, yeah, they can it win looks the like East. it's going to go Hurts may not play tonight. through Philly. Yes, I mean, depending on Obviously, Philly's got a big one tonight in Seattle. All right, uh, let's hit a morning check down. EJ Speed in 30. The morning check down. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. All right, tonight, let's start over at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. The Pacers finally back at home. Sounded like they did have some wild travel from uh, the nation's capital to Minnesota on Saturday night. But still, uh, the embarrassment from the weekend was Friday night, losing to the awful Wizards. Uh, Now 13-11 on the year, the Pacers. uh, Tyrese Halliburton, questionable for tonight. Uh, with a knee contusion, Paul George and the Clippers have won seven straight. Uh, The Clippers are a slight favorite in this one as they begin a road trip here in the Eastern Conference. Andy Sweeney, uh, it's a look in the mirror week, in my opinion, for the Pacers. Yeah, you know, people weren't going to kill them for uh, for the for the Minnesota loss. Not at all. I it would have been understandable. But the week. Wizards' loss yeah. is just, I mean, you're down double figures so much of the game. Halliburton goes out, but that's a, th- what, a three-win team was Washington. Eh, I mean, come on, they're dunking on you. No, that was the one where you can't, you know, they've now, the problem I have with them is they have now, they have, what, four of these losses. Is that a fair number this season of games where you look at and say, man, if you want to make the playoffs and be a top five or six seed, you can't lose these types of games, and they're now starting to compile some losses against bad teams. you got to win that game and Remember, on Rick Friday. Carlisle, when he's been on with us, certainly in October and early November, it was take advantage of their early schedule. Take advantage of their early schedule. 13-11, that's not really taking it's advantage. It's not. And you it's haven't not. had the big injury no, yet. it's L- not. I mean, Cleveland's really banged up. There's other teams around the league that are really banged up, and if you look at the schedule the rest of December and January, it stiffens big time. Yeah, the Clippers are good. James Harden's playing well. Paul George and everything else. So we'll see what happens there. The one we've been talking about from Saturday, Colts over the Steelers, 30-13. to Michael Pittman Jr. injured, took a nasty hit there. Uh, did get up, did walk off, had four for 78. You know, I mean, KB, he was going to have six, seven catches, was going to put up over 100 he was yards. He that streak again, he remember? He absolutely was going to extend the streak there. After the game, Shane Steichen, head coach, talking about his wideout. It was, uh, it was tough, obviously, to see that. Uh, with Pitt, but to see him get up and walk off that field, I mean, the guy is tough as nails, and it just, it's over and over and over again what he does, the toughness he shows, um, just the credibility he brings to this football team uh, year in and year out, and obviously this year uh, for sure the way he's playing, I think what he's probably over a thousand yards now, right? Um, He's been phenomenal. So seems to be in good spirits, though. Uh, extra day this week to pass through concussion protocol, so we'll obviously update you on that throughout. And Zach Moss with that arm injury, and it sounds like there is a possibility that Jonathan Taylor could return this week. Uh, all right, college basketball from over the weekend. Let's start with the hat I'm rocking. That would be the Indiana State Sycamores. They continue their very fine start to the season. They beat Ball State in the opener over there at the Indy Classic. Uh, and then in the second game, how about Purdue? 92 points they put up on Arizona. The balance from the big three, Fletcher Lawyer, 27. Braden Smith, 26. Zach Eady, 22. 
How about Zach Eady, team leading five assists? Gotta love that from your Well, the best part is he goes 22, Big nine, man. and five, and he's not even the top two story on the Purdue team, probably coming from. Yeah, I mean, if you, I would say. <laughs> probably in, coming from the game. Kind of normal Purdue. If, you know, Edie's scoring 22, you're probably not getting 92. No. Your guards were that, that good. Uh, and then in Bloomington, it was Indiana playing, I would say, probably one of their better kind of 30 minute stretches of the season. Easily, Trey Galloway's probably the best game of his career. Uh, with a career-high 28 points. They cannot close that one out with Kansas. And again, the opportunities, these just do not grow on trees. That is what is such a big kind of kick in the you-know-what and a gut-wrenching loss for Indiana. They're just not in a position to celebrate the moral victories uh, very much at all right now. And Gabe Cups and Trey Galloway, Mike Woodson missed after the game, just felt like they kind of wore down there late, 37 and 38 minutes each. I can CJ Gunn give you a little bit more off the bench with you know Xavier Johnson still being out. Uh, and we'll obviously see how long that absence continues to be. Uh, it's cupcake week pretty much for everybody in college basketball. Uh, same goes for Indiana and Purdue. Yeah, Indiana had three bench points. I know that stack can be misleading sometimes, but that's not going to cut it. Two guys played 16 minutes, Gun played five, three points, and uh, Indiana losers there by four. Final uh, item for me, Tom Allen, defensive coordinator, now at... Uh, with James Franklin at Penn State. Does that move the needle for you, staying that's, that's in the Big nice Ten? a nice landing spot for Tom Allen. Uh, I am sure disappointed not to see Penn State on Indiana's schedule next season. I would love to see Kurt Signetti and Tom Allen meet for a little snapping of the fingers at midfield <laughs> and an LEO embrace. But the, the Tom Allen revenge game. I, I do think Tom Allen as a high major defensive coordinator makes a lot of sense. I would agree. Uh, so good for Tom Allen and financially very good for him. EJ Speed in 25. It's the wake-up call. EJ Speed going to join us here in about 20 minutes. Been a fun show today. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Reacting to such a busy, busy weekend, especially on Saturday, all the college basketball, the NBA, and of course, the Colts winners 
uh, on Saturday over the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll continue to uh, to talk about that and obviously preview the rest of the season. The Colts right there with a chance to be in the playoffs. Atlanta coming up next. Boy, Atlanta surely uh, is looking bad right now. They just cannot score whatsoever. Uh, Pretty ugly loss. Pretty couple ugly losses this season already for Atlanta. And then the Raiders coming up on uh, New Year's Eve, is it not? The 31st? Sunday at 1. How about that? Uh That's New Year's Eve. The Bones got anything going New Year's Eve? Uh, no, sir. Big, New Year's uh, Eve. I, I swanky can... dinner ball or anything like that you're going to? A little dress up or anything? To me, kind of falls in the overrated holiday category. Yeah. <laughs> no, 100%. That's the most overrated <laughs> I don't know holiday. if that's a hot take or not, but... I think most people probably agree with you. I can't tell you the one. last time I've willingly been in public at midnight. Yeah. Sit on my couch, <laughs> probably fall asleep early, watch a movie. Like, oh yeah, it's midnight. Big deal. Yeah, there you go. It's off, uh, off to the new For year. For the next three weeks, I'll forget that the year has changed, and I'll write 23 instead exactly. of 24. Now, the Sunday after that... The final regular season game of the year. Oh, it could mean everything. Just flex it now. Flex Colts and Texans right now. I mean, if you look at some of these playoff standings, playoff standings and let's, I guess, run that down, Andy, with Jacksonville losing last night, uh, you continue to have the same four teams leading their divisions in the AFC. That would be Miami. That would be Baltimore. That would be Kansas City. And that would be Jacksonville. Why? Because they have the head-to-head tiebreaker over Indianapolis, and they have the three-way tiebreaker over Indy and Houston. All three of these teams right now are at eight and six. Uh, now, Trevor Lawrence is in concussion protocol exiting last night. They are at Tampa, home to Carolina, and home to Tennessee the rest of the season. At Tennessee. At Tennessee. Thank you, Mark, uh, for the rest of the season. That seems r- rather manageable besides at Tampa, of course. Um, so there is a pathway for the Colts to still win the AFC South. They have to finish ahead of Jacksonville. So whatever Jacksonville does the final three weeks of the season, the Colts have got to be better than them record-wise. If Jacksonville goes one and two, you got to be two and one. If Jacksonville goes two and one, you got to be three and zero, oh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, again, Jacksonville will win any three-way tiebreaker with these teams as well. Now, wild card wise, Indy is still in that seventh spot because they got really no help yesterday in the wild card department. Uh, Cleveland won, so they're nine and five. They're the fifth seed. The sixth seed right now is Cincinnati. Uh, they are at eight and six. Uh, and then if you look at the first two teams out right now, both of them are eight and six right now. Uh, That would be Buffalo, and that would be Houston. Um, So the playoff path has added another route, Andy, in that the division could open up. You could host a home playoff game for the first time since 2014, which is amazing to think about. But the wild card percentages actually shrunk a little bit after your win on Saturday. After you win, you're north of 60%. But then, you know, again, some other teams won on Sunday that maybe you didn't think would win. Um, So that's kind of how things look in the wild card in the division right now uh, and we'll go over these scenarios as the weeks or excuse me as this week progresses but I cannot reiterate this enough Houston and Indianapolis in week 18 it very well could be Andy winner gets in loser goes home so you want that to be the Sunday night game is that what you're going to campaign for um, correct me if I'm wrong don't they do a Saturday night game because everything is TBD right now and is there anything on Saturday or am uh, I wrong on that? Well, no, right now, everything's uh, to be determined. I'm looking at week 18 right now in the NFL. Everything is TBD. Uh, and the other notable games you have that weekend, okay, Houston and Indianapolis is absolutely going to be one of those games. You're, you're spot on with that. You have Cleveland at Cincinnati. 
Could be in a similar could, boat. Uh, could. could be could be in a similar boat. But Cleveland might have something um, wrapped up. Minnesota at Detroit. Can Minnesota get in? That would be a question. But to me, that's not a winner get in. You know, Detroit's in the playoffs and that sort of thing. We'll see what happens with seeding. To me, Houston, Indianapolis is way greater than Minnesota and Detroit. You have Buffalo, Miami. Obviously, I'd be watching that one. Buffalo, will they get in what they just did to the Dallas Cowboys? But they're still and, two full games behind Miami. Uh, ag- agreed, agreed. I'm just giving you games that would matter. I yeah. mean, Miami can get they get the one seed. Buffalo can they get in? Uh, you have Atlanta, New Orleans. I, I I'm not sure that one's going to mean maybe what we thought. Atlanta, the losing they've done the last couple weeks, especially losing to Carolina. Like you lose that game nine seven, you just got to win that game nine seven. That's all you got to do it doesn't have to be pretty you just got to win that game um I don't know I maybe Rams maybe Rams Niners has a little bit you but know, Pittsburgh even, Baltimore doesn't have the the zest on it that we thought it was gonna have I would say Houston Indianapolis is either the best or is in the top two or three games that weekend so, so no last year it. last year the NFL did a Saturday doubleheader it was Chiefs at Broncos and it was Cowboys at Eagles so they did do a week 18 Saturday doubleheader Boy, I I don't remember, but I don't think those games had a lot of playoff implications. Cowboys Eagles maybe did. I don't. I can't. I I, 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 I there's no way the Eagles Chiefs and already, Broncos did because the Broncos. I would have thought the Eagles would have already wrapped up the division at that point. Wasn't Minshew playing late in the year for him? Um, even if it's not whatever slotted into you know the Sunday night, even if it's not put on Saturday, Andy. A- again, the game is absolutely absolutely massive. If you look at some of these situations, you know even if the Colts win the next two. And then lose to Houston. Right. They could still get it. It would still be, well, no. What? Winning the next two and losing to Houston, that could still put you out. What? Right. Because, right, again, right. the Houston game matters that much. Think about that. You get to 10 wins and you'd be out. So that's why, if you look at the importance of these next games, yes, you want to beat Atlanta. You want to beat Vegas. Like those games do have some implication. But if you look at all the different scenarios, nothing matters as much as Houston right now. That game carries about a 60% difference uh, for your playoff odds, whether you win it or lose it. You win it, it's about 80% chance you make the postseason. You lose it, it's about a 20% chance well, you make the postseason. I would ask Colts fans, I'll ask you, KB, do you want to play on that final weekend of the season? Do you want to play on Saturday? You would lose a day because, again, you're playing, you, you, you did the Saturday, you gained a day, so you're playing on the 24th, okay, the day before Christmas, Christmas Eve, you're playing Atlanta, that's a Sunday, and then you're coming back and playing on the 31st, that's a Sunday. Would you want to lose a day there if you play, if you play on the sixth and not the seventh, it's, that, it's just something I'll ask. I mean, because uh, it's it could be absolutely. There's no doubt. There's you know, there's no doubt the Colts and Texans could be a Saturday it, game. It seems like the 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 NFL's logic last year was that those games that are on Saturday they had playoff implications, but they had very little playoff implications. Like says the Chiefs were able to lock up the number one seed with a win over the Broncos. Okay, that probably happened. Cowboys and Eagles was strictly seeding. Whereas the Sunday night game that year was Chargers Raiders winner go home. Right. So yeah. I think they want the winner go home mentality on a Sunday night game. I'd be totally fine with a short week. Obviously, the injuries exiting the week 17 game would play into that. You know, a Michael Pittman sort of situation wouldn't be ideal in a short week. But Houston obviously has got to do the travel. 
Uh, right, and they would be going through the exact same thing. Sure. So, you know. Um, so that's kind of how I would Houston that has one. the Browns, the Titans, and then obviously the Colts at the end of the season. Uh, so, I mean, that 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 Browns-Texans game, that's going to be a huge game for them. Uh, I guess tentatively I would say, okay, if Houston lost that game and the Colts could beat Atlanta, uh, they would have a leg up then. And then you have the Tennessee Titans just mixed in with all of this. I just, Will Levis, boy, I tell you, he looked bad coming off that field. I don't know what they're going to do the final three weeks of the year. EJ Wolf. Speed joins us in 10 minutes. It's the wake-up call with KB and Andy. EJ Speed going to join us here in about seven or eight minutes. Colts winners talking a lot about them where they uh, could be in the playoffs. Will they make the playoffs? What that final week of the season may mean against the Houston Texans. We'll get back to that. Tons of college basketball over the weekend. I uh, do have a Matt Painter clip that I want to play for KB here uh, in the nine o'clock hour. Let's carve a few minutes out though for the Pacers. You know, we've done so much and I don't mind admitting it. I, I know it's a, it's a football reaction Monday when the Colts do what they did over the weekend but you know the Pacers have been for the most part KB they have been a feel-good story uh, for the area, they've been a feel-good story. Hell, in the NBA with what they did with the in-season tournament and everything, we know they're young. Uh, I am interested. We are slotted to have Rick Carlisle join us tomorrow at 8 a.m. like he has for the majority of the season, and we appreciate it. Uh, but, you know, they could be coming off. You know, they could be 13-12. and 12. They're 13-11 and 11 right now, uh, and they could be looking at four straight losses if they lose tonight to the Clippers, who are playing some pretty good basketball, Harden's getting, you know, I mean, come on, his game. We understand his game and everything else. The return of Paul George there. But for me, you know, we said this earlier, losing to Minnesota, uh, you know, you lose to a really good team like that. Halliburton dealing with the left knee injury. Uh, you're at the very end of yeah, this flight landed long like three trip. Hours yeah, trip. I mean, just yeah. this trip, uh, you know, it's been a long trip. When, when you talk about the Vegas trip, playing the Lakers and being a part of that, and then, you know, really being on the road, you can understand being tired. And I really thought Carlisle said that after the game. He was very much like, hey, this team is kind of a tired team right now. And then, of course, you throw in, like I said, Halliburton not being on the floor. No one it was going to crush him. Beat him over the head for losing to Minnesota. Uh, but to me, that Washington loss is inexcusable, whether you have Halliburton or he does leave in the third quarter. And now, you know, you wake up today, they're a seven seed. They're behind the Knicks, they're behind the Heat, the Magic, the Sixers, the Bucks, and the Celtics. And that's not where you wanted to be. You wanted to be better than a couple of those teams. It's I think you mentioned it was a look in the mirror week for the Pacers. And that's how I feel. I'll be very interested the tone of Rick Carlisle coming up tomorrow when he joins us at 8 o'clock. I think there's an element of they've played to their competition throughout the year, good and bad. Uh, and to me, if you're going to be a legit playoff team, you can play to competition upper echelon, but you can't play to it when the bottom feeders arise in the schedule, particularly that Washington game. You know, that is you on the first night of a back-to-back. You know, you take care of business in a professional manner, um, especially after all the hubbub after the game Wednesday night in Milwaukee. You know, I, I see a Bucks team go to Detroit and absolutely, or I should say beat Detroit, uh, absolutely dominate them, and the Pacers just throw up such a pathetic effort against the Wizards. Uh, and I think you're playing with fire right now. The schedule's been pretty manageable um, for the most part. You haven't had the big Western road trip yet. You haven't had the big injury yet. Uh, you know, your starting lineup's been really healthy. Now Halliburton's a little banged up. And, you know, how are you going to react to that? Uh, and really, if you want to get specific with that starting lineup, Andy, and it's 
I'll group these three together. They're not all like one, one A, one B, but you need more from Bruce Brown, from Buddy Heald, from Miles Turner. Um, I put Turner probably third on that list for a reason. I do think he has been the best out of those three. But on Friday night against a Washington team with absolutely zero front court, you know, Turner is a no-show. And again, Heald doesn't even score Saturday night. And Bruce Brown's getting $20 million. You're projecting him into a bigger role. And right now, that bigger role seems to be too much for him. So I think a lot of questions for where the Pacers are at. Uh, and again, as I said, look in the mirror. Week for them. It'll be the Clippers tonight. Seven-game win streak for Paul George and company. And then a back-to-back Wednesday, Thursday. That is home to Charlotte uh, at Memphis. And then the Magic. And again, you look at the Magic and the Hornets, Andy. Both those teams have already beaten the Pacers this season inside of Gamebridge Field. Yeah, you look at the three losses in a row. It's by an average of 15 points. Buddy healed four of 20 the last three games, averaging six over that time span. It's not going to win. It's not going to win. uh, It's a liability, to say the least. EJ Speed. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Cole Slimebacker next. 107.5, the fan. Pittsburgh on the move, right to left. Pittsburgh in the white and the yellow pants, and they hand off right side to Harris. He's bottled up, gets off the initial tackle. He lost the ball over on the far sideline, but they're going to rule him down. Harris down at the 13-yard line. The runner was down by contact, second down. The ruling on the field is changed to a fumble recovered by the defense. First down. Great challenge by the Colts. Well done by head coach Shane Steichen. The Colts are now two for three on winning challenges this year, and it's the second takeaway of the ball game for the Colts' defense. Yeah, and the man making that play is EJ Speed. He's joining us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. It's the wake-up call. KB and Andy hanging out with you. Another hour to go. Reaction Monday. All the basketball, pro and college, and obviously the Colts winners on Sunday over the Saturday, I should say, over the Pittsburgh Steelers, 30-13. to You heard that play-by-play clip. That was EJ Speed, and he joins us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. EJ, good morning, man. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Yo, yo, what's up? How y'all doing? I'm doing well. I, I'm sure you are doing well after that win. How was how uh, how great was that locker room on Saturday after that beatdown? Uh, it's cool. All the energy in the, in the world, man. Gardner really turned himself after the win. All props to him. He did his thing. And you know, we got we got another opponent next week. We just gonna keep the thing rolling. Keep it keep the tide going. Now, there's very rare occurrences where I would ever feel comfortable comparing myself to an NFL athlete. Let me be clear. But yesterday, I think, was maybe one of the few times. EJ Speed, if you don't mind, it looked like some of your Sunday routine involved. Did I see, uh, did you go Panda Express and Buffalo Wild Wings yesterday? Oh, wow. Yeah, DoorDash is dangerous. I'm going to tell everybody that now. DoorDash is dangerous. But I'm scrolling through DoorDash and... 
I seen Panda and I ordered it and I was like, ah, I think I want Buffalo to order that too. <laughs> it was crazy. Wait, now, wait, wait, I, wait, we all can raise our hand. Wait, you got him we at the same. You got him at the same time. You didn't get one at like noon and then one at like seven o'clock at night. You got them both at the same time. Both at the same time. It's like five thousand calories. Now, if you had to pick, I had to, I had to wait. Because the, the second DoorDasher was like three minutes apart from each other. So that was the only buzz kill in the situation. But it was worth it. Now, if you had to pick just one, you going Panda or you going Buffalo Wild Wings? Panda. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Would you get the orange chicken? What'd you get? Uh, double orange chicken and yep. rice. Gosh, I used to get that orange chicken. You yeah. can't really trust nothing else. That's the only way to go. EJ Speed, one of us. That's probably the only time that'll ever happen. Uh, you heard the clip right there. A huge force fumble there to open up the second half, and that started the onslaught for the Colts as they beat the Steelers on Saturday. EJ, walk us through that play in stripping Najee Harris. Uh, it was just a uh, it was just a situation where running to the ball paid off. Uh, he was out of my vision, so it was a great time to go for um, to go for the ball. Uh, Najee is a good running back, no discredit to him, but um, I mean, all runners, when they head it towards the ground, uh, they kind of put air on the ball. I'm sure y'all heard uh, Shaq talk about that time after time, and um, it just paid off. I mean, the ref didn't see it at first. I get up, I'm telling him, nah, that's a force bump. He's looking at me crazy, like, come on, bro, it's not a force bump. So are you uh, sprinting to Shane to say challenge that? I was throwing my hand up, but they tried to hurry on the ball because I feel like they knew it was the first one, but two, so I'm throwing a, you know, like you throw the flag from your belt mm-hmm. on the field, um, da, 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 and then I was like, all right, flip it. They, let me just focus back on this play, on this next play, and then um, I think the Jumbotron showed it, and then uh, yeah. it just came. I seen Shane throw the flag, and I knew it was off the field. Yeah, honestly, it was a great in-stadium replay by the Colts. Great work on that. I want to go back to something that you just said there about that fumble. You said runners tend to lose air from the ball, and that was something that Shaq kind of taught you. Could you explain more of that? Kind of just a natural instinct for runners when they uh, when they hit it towards the ground. They kind of use their arms to brace themselves, especially when they think their hitters are out of their vision. They kind of use... Uh, it's just a little bit of air that comes on the ball that comes from the the ball from their chest to brace themselves to hit the ground. So if you time it up perfectly, you always get the ball out. I know all of that happened quick with that play, and you mentioned uh, Coach Steichen throwing the flag, and you felt good about it. But if there would have been some more time, and the Steelers don't go hurry up there, and they don't have it, you know, that quick on the jumbo trying. If you run over there to coach and say, "Hey, uh, he was not down. That is absolutely a fumble." Do coaches listen to players at times like that, or is it all coming from up above when they see the replay before I guess anybody else? I don't know. This is my first year with Steichen, so it was my first situation to where he had to challenge one of my plays. I guess we'll test it out the next one, because the next one I'm definitely running to him because I'm 1-0 right now. <laughs> I always wonder, because some... <laughs> you're on top of the world. You might have a Zaire Franklin package put in no, next week for you. Yeah, no, like, I so... might be in his good graces right now. Probably try me at uh, receivers. You know, so, because you know, sometimes you know the players are right, and sometimes they're wrong, obviously. It's such a bang-bang play. EJ Speed with us here uh, on the fan, on the Payless Liquors outline. You know, you didn't play in the Cincinnati game, but I I would imagine the you know that game happens. Watching that film, EJ, that can't be good, right? I mean, and that's really the first game you guys just didn't have it. What was the preparation like this week, knowing how big the Steeler game was and how how much you guys just wanted to get that bad taste out of your mouth with what happened in Cincinnati? Uh, just a lot of guys stepping up to the plate. I think we proved that um, that and got to win situations. You know, we everybody pushes a little harder when they know what's at stake. So uh, I think this week everybody just uh, put their best foot forward as they do every week, but sometimes you fall short, and this week we just didn't. 
He's EJ Speed, again, leading tackler on Saturday for the Colts. A huge force fumble there early in the third quarter. He's with us here on the Payless Lickers Hotline. EJ, uh, this past offseason, you re-sign here in Indy. Bobby O'Karake goes to New York. Uh, why did you re-sign, and what did you envision this season being like for you from a role standpoint? Um, I think it was just mainly me, just me believing in the process of um, – of everything that 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 the that the organization stands for, and Chris Ballard, he always after every season he always take full responsibility for everything that happened throughout the season, and I can respect that because when somebody can take responsibility, they uh, they know where they lack at and they know where they can fix and they know where, what the problems are with the organization. He's very much in tune and stays um, and just and just always communicates with us about how he's feeling about situations and stuff like that. So I believe in the organization and where it was going. I knew it was getting. Um, a quarterback, I didn't know which one we was getting actually, but uh, I was excited when we got Anthony Richardson, and um, everything just—I mean, everything just felt right to come back. And um, I think now um, we got a chance to make the playoffs and make a run. So, I, it, in my eyes, it was the right choice. Individually for you, and this is me talking here, it felt like you were scratching the surface. Like you, you had flashed, and when you got playing time, you had delivered, and you almost seemed deserving of a bigger role. Did you kind of feel that way through your first four years of like, you know, I'm ascending as a player, and if I just get a little bit more opportunity, I can be pretty darn impactful? Uh, yeah, I always felt like that. Uh, I felt like that day one in the league, but um, I just accepted my reality through it all. Uh, the reality was that I was a role player and I had to make an impact on special teams. So that's what I had set out to do, and now that my role increased, I know that i got to make an impact on defense, and that's what I set out to do. Uh, nothing is bigger than me with this whole process. It's all about our team and helping the team win. So, uh, yeah, that's how I looked at it. EJ Speed with us here on The Fan. Uh, EJ, you know, <laughs> you're watching the game, it's 13 nothing, right? And, and so, like, the Bengals game happens, and you come home, it's 13 nothing, and there's enough Steeler fans there, they're doing the, you know, the stupid, terrible towel thing, and you gotta be thinking, hey, what's going on here? What, what was the mood on the sideline, and what did you guys do defensively talking amongst yourselves that, hey, we gotta stop this, we gotta give our offense a chance to get back into this game? Yeah, next time we need to um, we need to have some metal detectors for those terrible tags, <laughs> those towels. Like it, it was too many of them in the stands. But um, that could I mean, be toilet paper to, in the stadium. Shout out to the Pittsburgh Steelers fan, man. They travel well. Uh, I actually gained respect for them for that game because they was loud on Saturday. But um, through it all, I just through it all, I just knew our game plan was the right one. And if we executed it, then uh, the score wouldn't even be close. So I think that was. That was the that was the vibes for Saturday. Just execute that game plan. I knew it'd be a blowout. And I and I listen. I know you're a defensive guy, and and you're watching the offense and the defense this season has had guys step up, whether they're backups or not, step up and make plays. And one of the storylines was all the backups. Obviously, you mentioned Gardner Minshew playing as well as he did, but Moss goes down. In comes Goodson. In comes Sermon. DJ Montgomery gets a touchdown as well. When you're a defensive guy and you're watching the offense, you know there's some injuries and all these guys come in and make big plays. I would have to that. I have to imagine that that you know gets you guys gets your blood boiling a little yeah. bit in a good way on the sidelines seeing those guys get an opportunity and go out there and make plays to win a game uh yeah definitely i don't even look at them as backups i just look at everybody as role players and accepting a role and the role for those guys was if a guy goes down and another guy steps up our uh, scout team actually practices very hard 
Um, they got scout team player of the week and stuff like that. And most of those guys that had good games were previous scout team player of the weeks at one point. So, um, hey, I'm I'm excited for those guys. That was a tribute, man, to, to, to the culture that we have here at Indy. He is EJ Speed, along with obviously a team leading tackle, a team leading 10 tackles on Saturday. Him and Zaire Franklin host the Trenches podcast. A great listen. You can check that out on all of your podcast platforms. EJ, as a defensive player, and you're watching the offense on the field, probably a little bit more Jumbotron, uh, what did you think of the Michael Pittman Jr. hit? Uh, uh, I mean, it's football, Mike. Um, uh, Pitt is actually one of the toughest guys that on the opposite side of the ball. So um, for him to get hit like that and get back up, it, it, it just added more life. Um, I'm sure if you talk to that guy from Pittsburgh, he would tell you that it wasn't maliciously. He wasn't looking to injure Pitt or take him out of the game or anything like that, even though it may seem like he did. But um, it's part of the game, man. We um, we all take hits. We all give hits. And I'm sure I didn't got some hits that probably seemed a little dirty at, at some point. I didn't gave out some hits that probably seemed a little dirty at some point. So um, it's all in the love of the game. Um, I'm glad that Pitt was able to get up and recover from that. I think he's going through everything he needs to uh, this week to play. And um, I'm glad to see him back on the field on Sunday. As a defender, are you torn at all in seeing a guy get ejected for a hit like that? Or did you feel like that kind of qualified as one? Uh, yeah, it did. It qualified. Uh, it was, it was, it's part of the game. I mean, I mean, people go down from injuries. People get ejected from games over hits and everything like that. This is the new NFL that we're in. We just all got to accept it. And I'm sure it's like growing pains of everybody just learning how to, how to relate to these new rules. You know what I mean? So um, it's, 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 it's all in respect to the game. We always say it here uh, that Pittman might be from USC, but there's no pretty boy with his play, EJ. That dude's tough. Nah, definitely, yeah. Pitt, Pitt one of those guys. EJ Speed with uh, EJ Speed with us here uh, on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Atlanta coming up next. You guys are right there, just staring the playoffs right in the face. How do you how do you stay focused? And I guess what do you know about Atlanta as you start prep for them? Uh, just hone in. Um, as soon as we get that game plan, just lock into it and go out there and execute. Uh, my motto is always to be perfect, uh, even though that is one of the hardest things is very much possible. So, um, yeah, so we're just looking to be perfect on Sunday. EJ, last one from me. I, I, I think our fan, and again, EJ Speed is with us here on the Pale Sickers Island. I think our uh, audience knows your story fairly well, but for those that maybe didn't follow your story early on. Refresh us of what your college career was like from a position standpoint. If I'm not mistaken, you were like mainly an offensive guy entering college, and then what was it like for you at Tarleton State to transitioning to an NFL linebacker? Yeah, I came in as playing a receiver in uh, in college, and um, I was a quarterback in high school, came in, started playing some receiver, uh, got a new coaching staff, and I switched over to the defensive side of the ball. Started playing linebacker about my last two years of college. And um, yeah, it flourished. I had a great defensive coach, and, uh, Coach Patton, um, and um, yeah, he's coaching up in Colorado, Colorado State. He's coaching the defensive backs. Uh, great coach, man. I can say I can go on for for hours about him and Coach Whitten over there when they was at Charleston State and how they came together uh, and had a winning season, and you know continue Coach Whitten's legacy. And Coach Patton went off to coach at D one at a major D one and. Um, those guys was everything. I believed in them. They believed in me, and it all worked out. And now uh, I owe them everything. I owe them 
my efforts and stuff while I'm in the league to just show that we all made the right decision at that one point in time. Okay, two things off that. Your first contact with the Colts during the draft process, is it true that it wasn't until that like March pro day just before the draft? <laughs> yeah, it was. I didn't even talk to him in college. It was like after college at the draft and everything like that. I talked to the Colts. And um, I'm so glad they believed in me because I love it here in Indy. And then lastly, uh, who's got better hands, you or Zaire Franklin? Definitely me. And don't let Z tell you anything different because I know he is, but it's definitely me. Well, <laughs> Even though he got the offensive role. So he got he won up me right now. He won up me right now on the polls. But. You go full house backfield, 44 and 45 back there. Hey, that'll look you good. Know. Look at it, man. Next time Spike can get on the radio show, you tell him about that. <laughs> that'll be the first question. We'll toss Shane's away. EJ, hell of a game on Saturday. Your absence was certainly felt in Cincinnati, and it was your presence is very welcome against the Steelers. Congrats on the season so far. Stay healthy, and uh, thanks for hopping on, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. EJ Speed right there on the Payless Liquors hotline. Fun dude. Uh, I think you watch him play. I mean, hell, first tackle of the game, Andy. You felt his presence. Uh, he's, he's got a high energy level to him, and uh, he's had a really, really nice career progressing from a fifth-round pick that you know a lot of people were very curious about the draft selection. The Colts uh, saw him at a pro day, not even like Tarleton State's pro day. It was a conference pro day, the conference that Tarleton State is a part of. Uh, he flashed there, and uh, great another in the litany of great linebacker draft picks that Chris Bauer has had. Yeah, again, uh, yesterday, or I should say Saturday, was a good day if you're Chris Ballard. I mean, you saw guys like EJ Speed. You have seen the depth at the defensive line, that front seven. You've seen that grow this season to where, you know, a lot of times early on in the year, we thought, well, who's going to help Buckner, right? I mean, we we really we, we looked at Quiddy Pay a lot. We looked at different guys, and they have just had a litany of guys that continue to make plays. You mentioned that with the offensive line as well. My man threw down 5,000 calories for lunch, KB. How about that combo there? Oh, man, Panda, that's a- Buffalo, Wild Wings, one of us, uh, EJ yeah, Speed. Yeah, but Get a bottle of Tums, though. My God. <laughs> Yeah, but we're radio guys. We're not going to work it off. He gets to go out and play football. And I knew... His Sunday was Panda Express, Buffalo Wild Wings on the couch watching football. That's one of us. It's a dream. No, it really is. I knew without even looking that he went with that orange chicken. No, the orange that orange chicken unreal. is fire. And by uh, oh, by the it's way, fire. I, I agree. Panda over Buffalo Wild Wings, right? Uh, yeah, I haven't had I haven't had Panda Express in a while. I don't know why I've read it. it's like it's like twenty five hundred calories for one of those things. Like I'm counting calories anyway, but I haven't got it in a while. I might have to get Panda here pretty soon. Uh, that will be up on the podcast. The closest Again, thank one. Thank you to EJ Speed for that. Before we do get to a morning checkdown, we'll focus a little bit more uh, basketball on the floor and obviously what where the Colts stand in the playoff standings. Uh, a melancholy announcement here and that uh, just announced here in the last few minutes by the University of North Carolina, uh, Indy native Eric Montross. Yeah, I saw this. Has passed away at the age of 52. For those unfamiliar with Montross's recent story, first off, he has always been a huge advocate for cancer research. Uh, has really made Chapel Hill his home here over the last you know X amount of years, um, and especially pediatric uh, cancer research as well. He was diagnosed back in March, Andy. And it's unbelievable. And uh, he passed, they said, on Sunday. Uh, I believe three kids for him. Obviously played here at Lawrence North, went to North Carolina, part of that 93 national title team. So just awful, awful news here on this Monday morning uh, of uh, Eric Montross's passing. Just 52 years old? Is that what you said? I saw that when we were yeah, talking to EJ. Yeah. I, I Listen, I knew he was sick. I, I did not know that and it I, was... I've heard great things about him as a human, sure. by the way. I, I don't pretend to know him, but I've just heard great, great things. And obviously, his philanthropic side speaks for itself. 
Just 52 years old, man. That's way too young. It's just way, it's just way, way too young. I remember back in, I, I do remember back in March when he was uh, diagnosed. Now, you know, it was a very thought of it now for several months. Yeah, I remember us bringing up on the show and just how eerie it is. You know, here's this guy that oh, has carried such a torch for again cancer research, pediatric cancer research in the Chapel That's Hill terrible. area, um, and then to be diagnosed and gone in less than a year, uh, just absolutely awful. So, um, goes without saying that. Uh, thoughts, prayers to everybody in the Montrose family, uh, North Carolina as well. I, am I imagining things? He, didn't he do some radio color for them? He did. That? He did. I believe he did, yes. Okay. I, yeah. I, I was going to say, I thought that was part of kind of his post, post-playing post career. Um, all right. Uh, no pop quiz for today's show as we recap the Colts game. We'll get to our fan headlines here in a bit. You said you've got an interesting Matt Painter audio clip to throw that well, maybe I mean, some, he, he some just, fan bases here in the state might yeah, not he love. Just gave, he just gave a little slight. You know, he liked the Crossroads Classic. Not did everybody did, apparently. Irish? <laughs> I think he might have, but maybe the Jabba's well, a little anyone, bit more Bloomington related. I, I think, did anyone really want to play? Did, did you did you want to see Purdue and in, uh, in, in the Irish play this year? That might not be good. It might be 96 sure, to 58. I'm not sure if I want to see Notre Dame play Butler, <laughs> frankly, this year with where they're at. Uh, let's lead off a morning check down, though. Uh, with a little bit of hardwood. The morning checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Let's go back to Saturday, Andy Sweeney, and a busy day of hoops here in the state of Indiana. I'm rocking the Larry Legend hat. How about the start for the Sycamores? They are now 10-1 on the year. They beat Ball State to lead off the Indy Classic over there at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. They are a fun team to watch, particularly on the offensive end of the floor. Um, so they get a nice win there as Josh Schertz is, uh, I think, second season. Uh, very nice start. Ryan Conwell, the transfer uh, in uh, back the Indy native, 27-10, and 10, uh, 83-72 over Ball State. In the second game, it was Purdue, 92-84, the number one team in the land. For the most part, Andy, they were in control throughout. What did Arizona cut it to? Was it? Four? I know they got to six. I think six? they may have got it to four. I still just never thought that Purdue was going to lose that game. It was darn impressive how much they were in. Again, mostly kind of a double-digit control second half. Definitely crept into single digits. But Fletcher Lawyer, Braden Smith, uh, they combined for 53. Zach Eady, 22, and a team leading five assists. And without question, the best non-conference resume in all the land uh, is going to be Purdue. And that is important if you care about the month of March. And yes, insert your jokes here, but also... That would create a path of two NBA arenas. That would be the Indiana Pacers arena, then the Detroit Pistons arena. If you look at the first two rounds and then the Elite Eight and Sweet 16 potentially for Purdue. Um, and if you scored 92 inside a Gamebridge Fieldhouse and your guards shoot it like they did on <laughs> Saturday, Andy, I think yeah. I'd like to play in that yeah, arena I th- again I think, this season. I think they're going to be in Gamebridge. Now, you mentioned the clip. Here's Matt Painter. Matt Painter, after the game, I cut some of this out because he went on talked about other things, but he talked about, he was asked about the Indy Classic, and he lamented how he liked the Crossroads Classic that, of course, has went by the wayside. Yeah, it's a, it's a great event. You know, I, we obviously like the previous event. <laughs> No, that we were in, that made a whole lot of sense. Why people did didn't want to do that it's still all right. But um, it, it's crazy. Like you know what I mean? Like, with, with Indiana and Notre Dame and, and Butler, like that just makes sense. Like why not keep playing that event? But to each their own. I'm interested. What was you all's discussion so I, I when that believe, when that came down? So when that fell apart, I think it was Indiana and Notre Dame um, that both. 
wanted to get out. Uh, Notre Dame, I think, played a little bit more of the, first off, uh, we barely have any fans in the building, et cetera, et cetera. We would like to get a little bit more of our national rivalries, if you will, Marquette, Georgetown, some of those older ones back on the schedule. Uh, in my opinion, kind of a cop-out by Notre Dame, but yeah, because you whatever. Can, because you can do them both. You yeah, schedule yeah, all these yeah. games. You and, don't have to play Kennesaw State five times. Again, it was more of a, this is just a road game for right. us on the neutral floor, and we don't love it. For Indiana, it was, you know, we feel like our brand is big enough that we can get a, you know, Arizona in Vegas game or, you know, an Auburn in Atlanta game, the home and home with Kansas. So, you know, I selfishly, I hate that the Crossroads Classic is over. I get what, where Indiana was coming from, probably more than Notre Dame, even as an Notre Dame fan. I, I say that, but it's a bummer because I love that Saturday. Um, I love the fact that Butler got to get those games on their schedule on an annual basis. And, you know, for the most part, you had some, you know, really great finishes in those series. Um, so I, I understand where Matt Painter's coming from, uh, but I just, I, I see no way it gets started back up here. No, it's not going to. So I watched that from an hour and a half down the road, and the Indiana buddies that I have very much were like, we can go do something else with which, our. Again, which they, they can, but. The flip side of that is, look what happens. Yeah. If you go play these big neutral court games against Auburn and Atlanta, you get run off the floor. You go play the big game against Arizona and Vegas, you get run off the yeah. floor. Well, you went you, to Kansas last year, got ran off the floor. Right, but yeah. even the neutral site. Sure. I, I'm trying to point to some of these neutral sites. I mean, so, yeah, it's a little of be careful what you wish for. Um, you know, if you can get a, right now, a non-conference neutral court win, not that Indiana would guarantee guarantee to have it over Butler, it would actually look decent on their resume compared to what they have. Yeah, what I love, what I listen, I totally agree with Matt Painter. I I could not agree with him even more. And you can tell because, of course, you may say, well, Painter knows he's going to have a good team and everything else, so he can schedule different than than other people. Okay, that's fine. But when someone says we're not going to do something like the Crossroads Classic, you know you can do both. If you're like Indiana. Indiana, you know you can go play Arizona or Kansas or somebody else, and and you can play the Crossroads Classic. You know, I mean, the next three games is like Moorhead State, Kennesaw State, and somebody else. You don't, you can trim one of those games. I, like I just, I college basketball, these coaches have such control over their schedule that when they act like they can't play a game, and John Calipari's done a lot of this as well. He doesn't want to play a home-and-home with anybody. That you know you can play the neutral site game and you can play the home game or the home-and-home as well. I just, I I, I don't know. I I just don't understand it. Then you go play Kansas and what you're not competitive in one game and then, then you lose at home and everything else. I don't think you're ever going to see it coming back, but I would absolutely agree. And just one more thing to the Indiana. They didn't want to be part of the Crossroads Classic fine. They also turned down being in the Champions Classic. The one that we, you know, the Kentucky Michigan has State, been a part Duke, of. Kentucky, uh, Kansas, uh, right? No, that's the, oh, no, that is a Champions Classic. What's the, the CBS Sports Classic that was played this weekend? Oh, I mean, yeah. Ohio, Ohio State, State yeah, is in the, the CBS yeah. uh, Sports Classic. Indiana turned down the opportunity to be a part of that to where they could have got Kentucky. And I know, obviously, the Kentucky-Indiana, are they going to play? Are they not going to play? When are they going to play? You know, where are they going to play? When's Cal going back to Bloomington uh, and everything like that? So, 
I just I don't want to hear from college basketball coaches when you put in, you know, come on, half the games you feel like you're going to win. You can't test yourself or play in something like the Crossroads Classic that's a good event. And and you could play in something like this as well. I don't know. It's just silly. As Whatever. a Notre Dame fan, I choose to remember Notre Dame beating Purdue by 31. Ah, there you go. Back uh, a few years back in the Crossroads Classic, not blowing a 17-point lead two years later to the Boilers and... Indiana, they not that you thing. remember. No, no, not that I, I have such vivid memories of Notre Dame's. Uh, some nice moments in Crossroad Classic, mostly just blown in the Crossroad There's Classic. a Mike Bray book on your desk. Did you know that? Yeah, here. Oh, yeah, oh, okay, right. yeah, here, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, here uh-huh. at uh, Radio 1. I'm I, just making now sure. I think about it, I think I have one at home as well. <laughs> just sitting I there love Mike that. Bray, but okay. boy, did he need to go. Uh, all right, moving on to the hardwood. Speaking of Mike Bray, I don't know when the Pacers will play the Hawks again, but it's the Clippers tonight. That will be Paul George in his return. What do you think the boo level will be for the Paul George meter? Has it lessened? Over the I mean, years? it's got to have lessened quite a bit, right? The Pacers just need to focus on Don't not they booing him. They just need to win a game. Yeah, they just need to win a game. <laughs> Plus, he was a name that's been brought up in the offseason when he becomes a free agent that maybe, you know, you want to take one more swing at it. It could be a guy that you bring in. I'm going to say it's lessened. I'm going to say it's lessened quite a bit, and you're going to get just a small spattering of, uh, or sm- was it spattering or smattering of booze? That's Ball all you're going to get. That's all you're going to get. I believe 45 for Paul last year inside of Gamebridge Fieldhouse. They've won seven in a row. 36 uh, in his last two appearances here. Yes, they have won seven in a row. Slight favorite tonight. Tyrese Halliburton questionable with a knee contusion. As we've talked all morning long, this is a look in the mirror week for the Pacers. Uh, They are 13-11 and now on the season. Their first three-game losing streak. uh, And a welcome back at home. Think about this, Andy. This is their first home game uh, since that Boston quarterfinal knockout or play-in tournament, think about how long that seems. First home game since they beat the Celtics in the quarterfinals of the play-in. It's only two weeks. It seems like eons ago. No, it seems like a long time ago, and that's basically what Carlisle was saying was, boy, we've been on the road. Again, people are not crushing you for the Minnesota loss. They will crush you to losing to Washington. All right, 30-13, that's the final Saturday as the Steelers walk into Lucas Oil, get smacked around in the second half. The Colts, 30 unanswered points. A big part of that, DJ Montgomery coming in the game when Pittman goes down. He has a drop touchdown, comes back, makes the touchdown catch. Here's Steichen post game on his wide receiver. He's been working his tail off um, shoot in the scout team. When he was on scout team all year, he just made plays and plays and plays. And it's like, we got to get this guy up on the active roster. Um, obviously, he'd love to have that one back, but then he gets another opportunity and makes a big play and gets a touchdown. Uh, credit to him, credit to Reggie, uh, getting him ready to roll. And uh, it was good. It was good. A lot of guys had to step up today. And uh, the preparation that goes into it, obviously their position coaches getting them ready to go, uh, knowing what to do, knowing the plan and going and executing it. Uh, again, Michael Pittman is in concussion protocol. We'll see if the extra day does help him up. Seems to be in good spirits, um, so that is good news on that end. But again, a five-step concussion protocol. He'll have to pass through. It is Sunday, 1 o'clock in Atlanta. What did I see this uh, early line at? Colts by a couple? Is that right? Oh, let me look it up. And whenever you play in Atlanta, you know what everyone always says? How they have a Magic chick- City. How they yes, besides Magic City, how they have a Chick Fil A in the uh, in the stadium. Magic City wings overrated. That you can't by the get way. to. You've had have them. You had them. I, I dabbled. What? When was this? Wait a minute. Yeah. How is this? This breaking news. <laughs> we can talk about it offline. <laughs> oh, what? what kind of? Again, it's, it's, it's not the Hawks on the schedule. We're talking about the Clippers. 
But it is and the they're Falcons. Talking about the Falcons. It is the Falcons. Well, yeah, two and a half right. is the spread right now. Indy's favored by two and a half and over under a 44 and a half. Speaking of Atlanta, don't we get Ooh. an usher for the Super Bowl this year? Is that Do right? we? Yeah. Halftime? Uh-huh. Well... ATL action there. Is that uh, someone that people care about? Fal- I, I think yeah. Matty Bone is happy about My it. My sister-in-law likes him. The Falcons are reeling, <laughs> to say the least. They just lost to the Panthers. Even if they went out, they still need help, which is kind of crazy if you look at where the NFC South is from a record standpoint. Uh, we'll see about Desmond Ritter. Arthur Smith was non-committal to Desmond Ritter after the game yesterday. Uh, and lastly, Tom Allen landing in Happy Valley. And financially, Andy Sweeney is a good, good gig. Yeah. Uh, he keeps that $15.5 million on the buyout, uh, which was front-loaded. And what did you say? Did you say north of a million? I didn't see any figures. I haven't seen any figures. Okay, but, I, I mean, if you're, in the, if you're a defensive coordinator in, the, uh, a coordinator in the Big Ten at a place like Penn State, I, I mean, I got to think he's going to be making a mil and a half or so, right? I mean, that's, that's kind of like the, the going rate for a defensive coordinator. Easily over a mil. To me, it says he get closer to one and a half, 1.6, something like that. We do not get Indiana-Penn State on the schedule, unfortunately, in that's 2024. Uh, Tom Allen replacing Manny Diaz, who left to go to Duke. And as we talked about about 10, 15 minutes ago, for those that missed the news, certainly a very melancholy end to this morning check down. The passing of Eric Montross, obviously the LN product who played at North Carolina and in the NBA, 52 years old, diagnosed with cancer back in the spring, uh, had just remarkable philanthropic uh, efforts in the Chapel Hill area towards cancer research, in particular pediatric cancer research, uh, diagnosed in March. It's unbelievable. died on Sunday. That's just terrible. Absolutely. It's too young. Awful, awful news. Father of three, Eric Montross, passing yesterday. Uh, we'll be back. Wake up call. KB and Andy. I asked this. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Simply because Dak Prescott was not very good last night. The Bills winners, uh, also not a great thing for the Colts. He really wanted the Cowboys to keep going. They ran the football, 266 yards on the ground for the Bills. You may wonder why I bring it up, KB. Well, let me ask you something. You ready for this? Yeah. Who who right now is the MVP of the NFL? I mean, Dak Prescott. I've got a soft spot for non-quarterbacks. So, so you go Tyreek Hill. I, what about Christian McCaffrey? Okay, so to me, it's McCaffrey, Purdy, Jackson, Tyreek Hill, Dak Prescott. Does it come from those five if I made you choose right now? Again, two weeks left in the season. Probably accurate. That's probably a good rundown. Um, You'd have to extend. Again, I'm not saying MVP, but I do think Miles Garrett's had a hell of a year. Yeah, Um, yeah, that's probably where the list is. And honestly, don't we get, isn't that? Monday night football, Christmas Day night. That's Ravens 49ers, right? Is that what it is? That yep. could be a big one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Both one seeds, both MVP favorites, I would assume, in Vegas if you looked at the odds. Um, yeah, so we get, uh, looking ahead to this weekend, we'll get the Thursday nighter. I think it's Saints-Rams. 
Saturday, you're going to have a couple of important Colts impact playoff games. I want to say the Bills play Saturday. You have the Bills at Chargers and Bengals at Steelers. That's your Saturday you matchup. Steelers now. So I, I mean, you do you to gotta, me. Yeah, you need the Bengals to lose the game. Yeah, you got to shift your thinking a little bit there. Obviously, the Chargers. Uh, boy, the Bills are probably going to be a double-digit road favorite in that one. Uh, and then Sunday, you'll have your normal slate. And then Monday, Sunday's Christmas Eve. Monday, Christmas Day, you'll get three games. Uh, I took a brief look at the schedule. I don't think really any of those have Colts impact on them. Maybe the Raiders, Raiders Chiefs Monday. Raiders Chiefs Raiders is, have to like win yeah, out you have, and they would need a miracle. Well, you have three games and, and, and obviously some good games, right? But not well, Colts. Impact. There's one good game. The Ravens Niners is the is the only good game. The other games, Raiders, Chiefs, Giants at Eagles for the yearly beatdown there at Lincoln Financial. <laughs> the Giants gonna get smoked in that game. That's a great four thirty great game. That's great. Christmas. Uh Merry Christmas. And then on the coaching side with Steichen. Uh, D'Amico Ryans and Kevin Stefanski. I'll give you one other name just to throw in there who won't be coach of the year, but I would I would throw him in there. I think he's a great coach, and I could never wear my hair the way that he does. Uh, Sean McVay. Uh, Sean McVay. They've won four out of five. Uh, they beat the Commanders up yesterday. They had the Saints, Giants, and Niners. The Rams very much in the postseason contention. I just think he's a good coach. I'm not exactly sure if anyone thought. I mean, they were playing for Caleb Williams this year, were they not? Remember those conversations sure, sure. that they were, you know, they were playing for nothing. And they go out and you know they very well could sneak in to the postseason if they were in the NFC South. Uh, they probably would be. Do we want to dive into our headlines? Let's do our fan headlines from the weekend. I can't read it. There's no there's no words on it. I'm Ron Burgundy, and this is what's happening in your world tonight. Ripped from the headlines of the newspaper. We'll do it live! Get post-game headlines. And thing sucks. Alright, it is five words or less. Mark Dykton fires off the tweet at the final gun after Colts games, and you give your raw reaction, five words or less, to what you just witnessed. Boy, I'll tell you what, the fact that you had a guy named Trey Sermon. Mm-hmm. Go off. You mm-hmm. had people getting real preachy, real <laughs> preachy leading into Sunday. Uh, how about this one here from Scotty? And this is a combination on both running backs. The good son sermon preach. <laughs> that's a reach. No, that's not I a reach. Like it. I like and, it. I mean, maybe I pronounced it in a different way instead of Tyler Goodson. That's good son Sermon preach. I mean, come on, it's a Christmas season. Yeah, it is. I like it. Jim says, Colts stymie the steel curtain. I like that one. Kurt cleans up Kevin's a little better. It says, Saturday sermon cures the curse. I like that one. My personal favorite was from Tyler, who said, Maserati Mitch <laughs> suffers blown engine. <laughs> that was very good. Boy, he's bad. The, know, the, their offensive, the Steelers, like, they don't need to get rid of Tomlin, but they have to change who they are offensively, or they don't. I I don't care what the Steelers know, do. They dude. can be a bad team for all I care. They can Pickett, win eight Pickett games. Was doing a little better, but still, I, I, I just. Have. I mean, don't you? I mean, just their their philosophy. They have good players, or at least what we think are good players on that offensive side of the football. My God, uh, you know it's funny when I switch my pick from Colts to Steelers midweek. I go. The only reason I'm giving pause to myself is I think Trubisky really stinks. 
gosh, he really stinks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he I mean, bad. he had some throws. He's just bad in that game that he had open guys. Yeah, he did. It totally yeah. changed that early yeah. portion. Yeah, the Friarmouth one, the one the first half Late is, first is half, absolutely huge. one to talk about. There was the one where it's like they converted what was like fourth and thirteen, and he converted it and had a nice dime pass. To, I think it was Deontay Johnson. The very next play, he airmailed it into the interception. Yeah. 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 yeah, he had Pickens wide open there yeah. uh, and airmailed that one. You know, Greg goes simple here, but he's darn right with how much the attrition happened yesterday or Saturday. Greg just simply says, next man up. I know it's cliche, but he's darn right with down your starting quarterback, top two running backs, wide receiver one, right tackle one. Nick says, ran the damn ball. Yeah, it's not run the damn ball. That is past <laughs> tense, baby. Ran it. Dan said, uh, Steelers, terrible like their towels. I would agree with that one, too. A lot of people fix the special teams. I, I don't. It's listen. We talked about it earlier. It's not a. It's not a bad take, or you're not being a bad fan to be worried a little bit about the special teams. The Playing last couple games has been pretty bad. If I was, you know, special teams is obvious. The other thing I might nitpick from Sunday, or excuse me, from Saturday, Andy. I thought your rookie corners looked like rookie corners at times. Jalen Jones, Juju Brunts. We did see Juju back in the lineup. I uh, played every snap, but two. Um, so That's a lot more than I thought he was going to play, yeah, by the way. I thought he'd be in that third corner yeah. package, but still, they were in that nickel a whole lot. Um, again, just I thought, you know, miscommunication on the touchdown from Jalen Jones and Kenny Moore on that pick play there. Uh, you had a couple penalties. Again, coverage I, th- I didn't think was outstanding. Now, the good news is, again, I don't think you're going to be challenged. I mean, aren't the Falcons like Drake London and nobody else? Yeah, from, Drake, from Drake, a wideout Drake London didn't have a look. It was terrible rain, but he didn't have a look until the third quarter. I mean, no, they're a and running Kyle team. Pitts has just been a total non-factor based off where he was drafted. Oh, sure. No, he was going to revolutionize the sport, the the position of tight end, and everything else. And I don't even know whether you know to blame him or not. I, you know, we're making fun of him, but I don't know if that's the case or not. I mean, there have been some bad quarterbacks. Their quarterback situation has not been good. Uh, last one here. Kurt says Saturday sermon cures the curse. I like that. I said that one. Oh, did you say that one? Yeah, after Kevin botched that first one. Oh, I didn't botch it. I was just trying to emphasize the good sun here in <laughs> the Christmas season. It's a little uh, wordy. Now, when I read that one, I thought immediately of Jeff Saturday. I got to be honest with you guys. Oh, did you hear his little pardon my take uh, oh boy. interview? I did. About, uh, that was interesting. I don't, you know. What did he say? Maybe I should, I should try to fire in that audio. I just don't have the energy to go to Jeff Saturday audio right now. We like, can save it for tomorrow if you'd like. Well, I no, I I'm like let's save it for the off season. Like, wh- why do I need to hear from him? Like, what what was he just talking about? How it was difficult it last job year and the circumstances. And, 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 yeah, how, how it cares. came about. And you know, was, they were going to go zero and eight, and right. the same thing that he said. We play. I mean, we, we, we played play other sound like the bye week. Yeah, you know, it's, it's whatever. Right now, I think you celebrate Chain Sykin, and I don't. I don't. You know. Uh, I like Jeff Saturday. Don't a lot. want to go down that road again. No, but I mean, as interim head coach, it didn't work out. I don't need to hear, you know, reasons why a full year later, all of that. It didn't work out. Um, the Colts made the right decision. That's all that matters right, here, right? Yeah, it's not like like Saturday. It's like no one, no one's really blaming him. No one wa- does he want another job or something? Does he want to be a head coach? Because no one's, no one's, you know, no Colts fan here is like, oh, we. Uh, I think differently of, of Jeff Saturday now. You know, as a player, no, no one feels that way. Plus, no one is like, okay, now I can't hire Jeff Saturday as a head coach. No one, no one feels that way about him. They're more confused why Jim Mersey did what he did. The story is about Ursay hiring who he hired, right? Not even what Jeff Saturday did while he was here. Enough I Jeff need Saturday. Jeff Saturday's 
butt cheeks as well as anybody. Now, am I missing something here with Tom? And I'm probably showing my, you know, it, I'm 34, but at times I can act like I'm 64. Tom goes, hey, the Pacers hmm. are in VR tonight. Uh, is that virtual reality on Oculus? Okay, yeah, the Oculus is like the the big goggles that you yeah. can wear, right? Okay, so he's you like asking, strap your phone to goggles and you watch it that yeah. way. He's asking if if we've tried it, very cool way to watch the game live. Feels I have like not. you're right there watching from the front row. So walk me through this. This is literally going to be like I'm sitting there and you know uh, whatever. Um, I'm trying to think of people that sit front row. What's the Gamebridge guy's name? It's like you got the Jake Query seats. I, I was basically. about to say, what about Jake? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, I, thought, Jake I thought that's the joke you were going Stephen to. Rails for the minority oh, okay. owner, uh, yeah, or uh, yeah. Dan Towers from Cambridge. <laughs> I there. thought you literally were setting up the Jake. Yeah, okay, yeah. I so, couldn't see Mark, but I, I, we, I we were feeling, the, yeah, we mm-hmm. were feeling the same thing there. Okay, so I, I've never done this before. I would so it like just simply to. Simply feels like your front row. Uh, yeah, that you're right there in the action. Yeah, I've never wore any of these goggles. I don't know anyone who has them. I have I, to be honest. I They're got expensive. Them, I think I got them free with like two phones ago, and I tried it, and I'm like, what uh, What the hell's going on? Maybe the technology's gotten better. So yeah, I'm, it was I'm very dumb, weird. Mark. Does this mean there's a special camera at the game specifically for yes. tonight? Yeah, so like from what I've gathered is like, yeah, there's a, a camera that will strictly be for the Oculus viewers, right. and then it'll be like, you know... I don't, know, I don't know if your hands will court? be shown, but yeah, you'll see uh, like 3D images of the players and it'll probably show live stats for each of them and all that stuff. So Remember they, tr- they, tried, they tried 3D? Remember especially ESPN tried it. They put out the 3D t- uh, the TVs and everything like that and you could wear the goggles. Yeah, I almost, I got, that, I almost yeah. got into that, but we decided against it. Remember, you could make the choice. Do you want a 3D TV or not? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think this technology is going to stick. And it didn't stick, but I guess it's something like this to where if you have this uh, Oculus goggles, this headset. Now, it's expensive. I think those are what? About $300, Mark? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh-huh. it's pricey. What I don't know is, and somebody could help me, I don't know what is offered like it's, it's programming. It, it's something that, you know, I wouldn't mind buying into, but do I get one Pacer game a year, right? Do I get one NFL game a year? If I had an entire, you know, layout, I might consider it. Okay, so Tom has chimed in here. Tom, thank you so much for the info. He goes, if you have an Oculus, you can watch the game on the Stadium X app. They have different scheduled games once a week on there, he okay. believes. He goes, this will be the third time the Pacers have been on it this year. Next Pacers game is in Utah uh, January 15th. Okay. Um, so, okay. That is yeah. interesting. Now, at times this year, when I've watched the Pacers play defense, I've thought I've had beer goggles on. <laughs> that does kind of... I'm looking <laughs> at a video... I'm looking at a video of, like, a Lakers <laughs> game in Oculus, and it does look kind of like beer goggles. Really? And there's also, like, virtual people in front of you. I'd like, sit down. Don't I have front row with the Oculus? Why do uh, I have virtual people sitting in front of me? We'll do it one final time here. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. (laughs) 
Wake Up Call, KB and Andy. ESPN has a couple numbers out about playoff numbers uh, with the Colts winning on Saturday. Just a fun note for everyone hating on the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, they were the sixth seed going in to the game in Lucas Oil. They are now the 12th seed. <laughs> That's how quickly it could change uh, in just week uh, one weekend. Before we get to those numbers, though, KB, we have done a bad job. We should have done this earlier, but here we are. We have a family four-pack, right, to Butler basketball Tonight. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow, Tomorrow night. night. Excuse me. Uh, well, you can look at that that way. I choose to look at it as we are rewarding those that have stuck with Fair us enough. throughout the show. Thad Mata joined us tomorrow at 9 a.m. So we're going to give away another four-pack tomorrow morning, and that is the Big East opener. And I'm going to probably stop there. The trivia question for the four-pack is this, 317-239-1070. Can you name, I haven't even asked the question, and Mark is already fielding questions, or fielding calls. Name the head coach of Butler's opponent tomorrow night. That's all we're going to give you. He beat Notre Dame on Saturday in overtime. <laughs> he's not, all, Was not happy about it. He's, the Irish cannot defend on the final possession of regulation. Uh, basketball, uh, basketball, Benny's, uh, basketball insiders, they love this guy. They you do. would agree with that, right? They do. Uh, so Thad Mata and company again tomorrow, 6.30 tip over at Hinkle, and uh, we'll have... Uh, Pretty much, we look like a nice show tomorrow. Rick Carlisle scheduled for 8, Thad Mata at 9. Michael Grady apologetic uh, for not uh, joining us on Friday. He's scheduled to join us tomorrow to close out the show. Yeah, looking at these, I think it's what Seth Walder, I believe. Yes, that's who it is. Seth Walder of ESPN. Kind of a numbers guy there at ESPN. Uh, He put this out about five minutes ago. Just saw it during the commercial break. Uh, the, the Colts are up to, you know, this is the this is the ESPN metrics, okay? They're up to a 54.8% chance to make the playoffs. And what they do is they have each, you know, each seed, what the percentage is of the Colts making that seed. So, for instance, there is a 0.9% chance that the Colts could end up as the two seed in the AFC playoffs. Obviously, the seven seed, where they're at right now, they have the best chance at 15 chance uh, to make the playoffs as a seven seed. The six seed, they have a 14.2% chance. And then KB, you mentioned, I wish I could go back and look at what this was actually last week because of the last couple weeks and because of the loss by Jacksonville last night, there's now an 11.6% chance that the Colts end up as the four seed going into the playoffs. I found that interesting. Again, um, there's still the great chance there, 49% chance Jacksonville wins the AFC South and ends up being the four seed, but that number has went up. It's now 11.7% chance, about a 55% chance that the Colts make the postseason. Yeah, I want to get a little bit more into the playoff chances, scenarios, odds here, either tomorrow or certainly in the coming days. Um, Basically, you have a pathway, as you just pointed out, to the AFC South. You're going to still need help from Jacksonville, but you certainly have a path. And Trevor Lawrence, now in concussion protocol, exiting last night. Uh, And then wild card wise, yes, this week in Atlanta, it matters. Next week against the Raiders matters a little bit more. But neither of these two games compares at all to what week 18 against the Texans could look like for this team. Right now, it's like a 60% difference, win or loss, for the Colts in their playoff chances. Uh, Loaded show, recapping a whole lot of Colts info uh, that is what we did uh, uh, today's show. Mark, we got a winner. Congrats to Chris. Chris. Good job, Chris.
Mark, shoot me a text on that email. I will. For Chris, we'll fire that away again. Four pack of tickets we'll do tomorrow as well to Butler in Georgetown. Pacers and Clippers tonight, 7 o'clock. Andy Sweeney, that line, Clippers a slight favorite. Yeah, it's two It's two and a half. I think it's remained there. I, Is I that a to, Halliburton's out I, I mean, rising line? I mean, don't you have to think if he were to miss, the line would go up even more in the next few hours? I hate to do this. I'm just heavy on the Clippers in this game tonight. I am. I'm heavy on the Clippers tonight. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. We'll see if Halliburton plays with that bruised left knee as well. Oof. Yeah, again, Andrew Nemhard, Jalen Smith still out, but for Tyrese Halliburton right now, he is questionable with that knee contusion. It'll be uh, coming up on Wednesday, Hornets, back-to-back in Memphis, and then the Magic. That is the week for the Pacers. Everybody have a great Monday. We'll talk to you tomorrow.